Welcome to the Trophy Achievers podcast, a show where we chat about our love for gaming and the trials and tribulations, as well as the celebrations of our trophies and achievements. In this month's show, I've been playing as a bird, finding seeds and beating up monsters with an umbrella as I've been knocking on death's door. And we'll find out how Tom and Pete have been getting on as they've been playing with each other's rings. Elden Ring, that is. Yes, I know I made that joke last episode, but I found it funny, so there you go. That and a lot more in this month's episode of the Trophy Achievers podcast. So, I've mentioned them already, but joining me are my fellow co-hosts. It's Tom and Pete. How are you doing, chaps? Hey, how are we doing? Awesome. How are you, Tom, loud and clear again? Yeah, it's good. I, I actually listened back to the podcast just to see what it was like audio wise because i wasn't sure if it would be too loud or not but i think it sounded much better so hey happy days we can hopefully stick to this format of recording from now on and people can enjoy my full, full voice yeah i'm loving it i'm loving it just out of interest and i'll come to you in a second um pete but how did you find it listening back did you find it weird odd um i know you did you've done loads of streaming and stuff like that but you don't generally listen back to yourself or well i don't know did you used to watch your streams back uh or not how did you find it because when i first started podcasting it was a bit odd but now i listen back and i just don't even think about it do you know what i mean yeah no, I, I like i like listening back to the shows that we've done just because i think for people that don't do podcasts or don't this uh, it doesn't sound like we put a lot of effort and concentration into it, but you really do. And I think that sometimes you forget, even when you finish, you kind of forget what we spoke about or what we went over. And it's quite nice to go back and listen and listen to you guys talk about the games that you've been playing. Um, it then I put a couple of games on wish list afterwards that I want to get to um, that Wayne was talking about. And yeah, so I, I enjoy listening back because you can't quite take it all in when you're recording. Yeah, you know when you first started that uh, that sentence or what you were just saying, I thought you were going to turn around and say, "Yeah, actually, I do like listening to my own voice." Oh, <laughs> 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 this this went in a direction I wasn't intending. I mean, if you do, fair there'll play. Be people, you know, there'll it's... be people that know me who will listen to this and go, "He loves the sound. Of, he loves the sound of his own voice. He would listen to his <laughs> own voice all day long if he could." I bet he does. I bet you do. Um, no, but that's good. I mean, like and like you said, sometimes like when you are recording, you just kind of. I like to listen back personally because I'm a massive ego maniac. Um, and also, just to answer the question or think uh, feedback to what you just said, uh, you might put loads of effort in, but <laughs> I I just turn up a lot of the time. But so, uh, but no, it's. Um, you know, I like to listen back as well because, like you said, you'll pick up on things that maybe you missed whilst you're recording and you're in the moment, aren't you? And I forget that I'm recording a podcast half the time, so uh, which is good. It's a good sign that you're having a nice chat with people, isn't it? So anyway, brilliant, uh, as always, for you to, to join uh, the show. And Pete, how are you doing? Hey, good evening, guys. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm good. It's been a busy week. I think everything we were all saying just beforehand, we've all had quite busy weeks. Um, but yeah, it's good, good to get in chat. I'm definitely still in the camp of... I do listen back, but I do find it weird. I just I end up listening and thinking, oh, why did I say that? Or why didn't I say this? Um, and I'm also in, obviously in the camp of I don't like the sound of my own voice. But hey. No, oh, well, I, I like the sound of your voice, oh, I love your it's, voice, Pete. Uh, I do. Oh. I, I listen to it before I go to sleep at night. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, now you made it weird, Chris. <laughs> um, uh, no, but um, so yeah. Well, it's awesome that you guys are here, and like hey, you Chris, said, it, Chris, it's been. A... Is it? Isn't someone missing? Go on. Yeah, no, I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. Are I they? promise you. I'm pr- I promise it's just you. Just us, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, I, we'll get to that, trust me. But I was going to say, it's been a long-ass week for all three of us, I think. We, as we are recording this on Sunday the 15th of uh, May, um, but it has been a long-ass week and weekend. And uh, so doing this is something I've been looking forward to because it's nice to just um, relax and chat video games with uh, a couple of my mates. And, um, and there you go. As you mentioned, Tom, um, <laughs> and Pete, not just that, me, don't, don't throw me and Pete, and Pete. I oh, know, I know. Uh, let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, or not in the room, as the case may be. Not that I'm suggesting that Wayne's an elephant, um, <laughs> but um, yes, you'll have noticed that I didn't introduce Wayne um, because, unfortunately, he can't be with us tonight. Oh. He's He's been struck down with a disease, and uh, it's not the clap or anything like that. It's uh, no, he's he's got COVID, unfortunately. I think this is about the third time he's had COVID, he loves and it, he's just he, he loves a loves bit of COVID. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat a bit of COVID, but you know, I guess for he just I will, saying that though, he's um, I know he's going away at the end of this month. Um, he's on holiday for a bit, so. And I think he just wanted a bit of a he wanted a week off work, I think, because it's you know it's convenient that he he got it just before uh, you know Monday, uh, and that was just as convenient as it was when you caught COVID, Pete, just before the release of Elden Ring. You know, I'm not suggesting yeah. anything there, obviously, but um, you know it's uh, but anyway, we do wish him well. Um, I I think there is possibly something in it that when we get to our chat about. Um, um, our fantasy league, he's just been nailed completely by that, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, and some big games. Weeks. He's had a terrible oh, few weeks. He has. He's just been absolutely nailed with some um, some high profile delays, um, you, what, which we'll get into. What do you think into. affected him emotionally worse, COVID or the fact that two of his games are now being pushed to twenty twenty three? I, it's possibly the games. I reckon. Uh, you know. I think he just used COVID as an excuse. To be honest with you, I think he's he can't face he just the didn't music, want to come. Chris. I know that you're trying to be. I know that he's he's your best mate and he lives across the road. But he can't face the music that he has had a couple of games delayed. He's now looking like he's going to fall like a stone down that fantasy league. So he's hiding in his bed under a blanket, feigning COVID. That is the truth. I'm sorry that I have to be the one that says the <laughs> truth about the situation, but that is the truth of the situation. I don't want to lie to our fans. Well, there you go. I mean, well, don't he... don't hold back. Go on, Pete. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the fact is, like you said, Tom, it's, it's going to be longer lasting. You'll be over COVID in a week. This is going to last him the rest of the year. He's going to lay it down. You can't yeah, I hide, wonder if it's going to be. You can't hide. Come back. No, no. I wonder if it's going to be like a 12 month long COVID <laughs> he's having. Um, you know, until the Fantasy League starts again in 2023. 
Um, I tell you what, though, I mean, I know we'll get to the sort of the, the you know, the, what I've just been talking about, the delays and stuff, but 2023 is already looking like it's going to be a packed year, isn't it? Yeah. With uh, with games. It's just kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I'd wish I'd, I'd, wish I'd what's take going a screenshot on? earlier, but I saw someone post on Twitter just a, just a uh, picture of all of the games that have been delayed or, or, or announced for 2023. Mm. It looks like it's going to be a great year. Yeah, yeah. They're all good years, let's be honest. I mean, uh, this is the thing. People moan about video games. There's too many of them. There's not enough of them. You know, you, you can't the, you can't please everybody all the time. So I think that's... Well, that's why we do this, isn't it? Because we love video games and because, you know, I think there's plenty of games out there for, for people to play. So we shouldn't complain about it. And we don't complain about it because we're awesome, aren't we? Yeah, I think it's one of those things that we, 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 it's like anything... We complain when there's not enough, or we complain there's there's delays. There's not enough. then we complain that there's too many releases all at once, and there's not enough time to play the games that are released. I mean, people just can't be happy, can they? No, no. Well, it's funny enough. That's what I was going to say. Is the trouble isn't it? If you would delay everything to 2023, then inevitably something decent is going to lose out because there's just not enough time. Yeah, absolutely. So. Anyway, enough of that. Now, we've got some news. We've got lots of news items that we want to chat about and um, just have some general discussions. Then we'll get on to what we've been playing and achieving and then we'll get some updates about our fancy league. So, shall we kick off with the, the news stuff first? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. All right, then. Okay, we'll be back in a second with some news. Right, so the big news announcement. I think this came out just after we recorded our last show, if I remember rightly. Um, and this is the news, the long-awaited rumoured news of a new subscription service uh, from PlayStation. So I am going to hand it over to my resident um, PlayStation expert, uh, Tom. Sorry, no, Pete, <laughs> obviously. Uh, <laughs> Pete! Tell us all about this, and then we'll um, we'll go around and see what we think about it. Yeah, so just a reminder as well for the listeners to, in 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 terms of interest of bias, I, I do work for PlayStation, and I indeed actually work for for PlayStation Plus. So this is something that we've been working on for quite a while now, and um, I'm sure quite a few people saw saw the leaks that came out about it. But yes, this is the new rebranded new product for new new service for PlayStation Plus. Uh, basically, it's going to now it's going to be split up into three different tiers, um, starting at the essential tier, which is like the lowest tier, and that's essentially the same as Plus is currently. So you get uh, you need it for play online multiplayer games. Uh, you get uh, two or three monthly games uh, each month, uh, and that's going to be keep at the same price of uh, sort of six ninety nine a month or forty nine ninety nine a year. Uh, this is in in the UK. Uh, and then they're adding two additional sets. A second tier is called Extra, um, and you know, to I think like most new sites have have to basically we're it's mashing 
now and plus into one service. So this adds um, around 400 downloadable uh, PS4 and PS5 games um, that uh, you can access, or you know, as long as you're uh, a member. And that's going to be 10.99 a month or 83.99 a year. And then finally, the top, the top one, premium, the top back one. This adds uh, around 300 PS3 and classic games. Um, classic games are going to be um, emulations of PS1, PS2, uh, and PSP games. Uh, they can also be streamed, uh, and also there's going to be ad adding um, game trials for any game that uh, is available for. And this is going to be at price of 13.49 a month or 99.99 a year, so just under 100 pounds. And yeah, so uh, it's got a, it's got a worldwide staggered release. So Asia markets, excluding Japan, launch uh, as of recording next week. So by the time this this show comes out, that'll, that'll be out already. It'll be out in the wild. Hopefully, people will be able to see sort of like some of the the games on offer in in the different con in different tiers. Uh, and then at the moment, Japan is targeting the first of June. Uh, North and South America targeting 13th of June, and then finally Europe and the UK in the 22nd of June. Um, yeah, and it'd be interesting to hear both you, both your guys' thoughts, and it would be interesting to Wayne's as well. But like, what do you think? Is this what you'd expected? Which tier do you think you're going to go for? All that, all that good Chris, stuff. Chris, you want to take go first? I was hope I was I was I was hoping to pass it on to you, mate. Because I'm <laughs> looking, to, I was actually looking to see how much Game Pass is. Do, I mean, does anybody know that off the top of their heads? How much Game Pass is no, a year? We need Wayne. We need Wayne. Really uh, the Xbox boy. We really do. I'll, I'll go yeah. first. I mean, I, I've I'll be honest with you. I haven't looked into it too much, other than because I thought I would talk to you about it on the on the podcast. So I think I'd learn more about it from from yourself. I think it's. I think that we all knew it was coming. Obviously, Pete, you knew because you were working on it. But for us that aren't working on it, we all kind of knew that it was coming. I do think it's slightly, maybe one too many tiers. It's a bit confusing, even yeah. even now hearing it. Um, it's it's a little bit too much, and I don't think they've. I don't. I can't talk to while or, or or not. But the way that they've marketed it as well, it just seems a very weird thing that they've well they're almost silent dropping it there's no real there's not really been any massive news about it they did it i know they did it in a, in a blog post rather than a, an event um, but for such a massive thing to be changing the way that they're approaching their start of, of of playstation plus i thought they would have made a big deal out of it but um it just doesn't seem to be the case and it's a bit a bit strange i don't know i don't know if they're that's because they're fully not fully committed to it yet and they're not sure how it's going to go um whether they're what the thought process is behind it but yeah it just seemed a little bit a little bit strange to me i, I think the pricing of it isn't i don't think the price of it's too um too crazy i know that they're not going to get first party titles on there but like i've said before i think that's a good thing i don't i don't want to see quality which i think will be affected by it. i think you'll see it in this subscription services in, in the future that you know they're gonna we're already looking at game pass now with them struggling to get games out on time and people are saying well, where's the content that we've been promised of you know with the, the xbox side of things so i think games will get more rushed through and not as, as invested in quality wise so yeah i do i do hope that they stick to that because i think that'll be better for gamers if they have the quality titles uh, taking their time and not on the subscription service but like i said three tiers 
it seems like it's one tier too many. I think if they kept it the normal tier, and then and then included that with now, and then or, or sorry or just kept it as it was and then had the one up with now and with the backwards compatible stuff. I think that probably would have worked better. But again, I think there's such a there's so so many different markets to games, isn't there? There's those that want these retro style games, and then there's people that are just happy with buying one two games a year and then there are people who want the, those extra games that they can just dip in and out of and try um so i think they are i can see why they're trying to do it to appeal to different audiences but at the same time i think it's a little bit too all over the place still as such but i don't know how chris feels yeah i'm assuming when i first saw it come out and i thought oh that sounds really confusing and I just had to read it a few times before I even got my head around it and I, I mean yeah I get now the pre- so the premium basically includes everything so you've got all the PlayStation 4 and 5 games that are available and then you get access to the PlayStation 3 PS2 PSP and all that sort of stuff um, so, so I've just done a quick calculation again I could be wrong in this but so games for gold ultimate uh, which includes EA um, play as well is because it's 10.99 a month so it's 131 pounds and 88 pence if you have it per month every for a year so and then looking at this uh it's 119 pounds 99 for the the plus premium um but that obviously doesn't include ea play so that's 20 pounds a year so i suppose they're roughly about the same price um aren't they you know if you've uh, if you go with them um from my point of view i mean it's it's interesting that so, it, but with Xbox, they do include all the first-party stuff, and but because they've got Bethesda um, and all the games that they're going to be coming out with in the future, and also um, what's the other studio that they've got, um, Activision? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so it's some hoping to. Yeah, so at some point they that's they're going to have those games you would have thought as first-party or some of them anyway. So that's going to bolster their um, catalog. So, but it, yeah, it, it's in. I suppose it's interesting that they that Sony haven't decided to go down that route of including all of the first party stuff. And I kind of agree with you. I think it's it's having that sign of quality and having that seal of quality. I think will help to keep that. Do you know what I mean? I think, like you said, there's there's a a risk of if you put everything on Game Pass or um, PlayStation Plus Premium, that maybe the quality could slip a little bit. Um, and obviously we've seen quite a few delays as well recently, some high profile ones, which does it make Xbox look a little bit more vulnerable this year in terms of their first party releases? You know, it will see. But um, yeah, it's, I'm glad that it's it's finally been announced. And I think it's good if you want to pay a premium, uh, like a, a subscription um price for it then you're going to get access to a ton of games which kind of i alluded to earlier on i mean there's so many games that come out already that or and then having a back catalogue of games at your fingertips um it's not necessarily a bad thing but there's so many subscription services out there it's it's the way of the world now isn't it you know activision have got their own ea have got their own you know and obviously xbox and sony um there any other others i've missed um nintendo have got theirs haven't they i guess yeah nintendo's um, got nintendo online haven't they with their collection of retro games and stuff but yeah that, and that's, that's suppose... tiered that i think that's tiered as well isn't it if you pay for the top tier of that you get different types different amounts of retro games yeah i mean just looking so the difference between playstation plus extra and premium so it's um 
Oh, it's actually yeah, so it's one hundred and ninety nine pounds ninety nine for the premium, and then it's eighty three ninety nine for the plus extra. Well, honestly, Pete. Oh, sorry, Chris. Okay. No, I was going to say. I, I, honestly, I, do you think people are going to go for that plus premium because that'll give them access to like PS3 games and PS2 and P- do people really care about that to pay that extra, um, you know, thirty quid or whatever it'll be? What, what's can your I, honest thoughts on that, um, Pete? Sorry, Chris. Can I just clarify something? Quickly? Have I have I messed anything up? It's, it's no, it's, it's ninety nine. Like premium is ninety nine. I was looking at euros, pounds. wasn't I? What yeah, a no- yeah. What a knob. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> just four people suddenly go. What? Totally ignore all of that. Sorry, I, I'm not going to cut it out because I don't. I, I know I don't mind looking like an idiot. Sorry. But, um, but to your point, oh, no, the point still stands. Would you pay? Is it worth the thirteen? No, seventeen quid extra or whatever it is a, a month. Yes, that's the, yeah. Sorry, uh, but I, I, this time I'm looking at pounds and not euros. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> That's what I was going to say to you, like exactly what Chris just said, but in this context of what, it's interesting that they've they've put that as the premium. I would have thought that it would be the other way around. That if you were going to do the yeah, three tiers, you do. That's you yeah. Do that's the, what I was thinking. Yeah, normal. Then the retro as well is middle tier, and then the top tier would be PlayStation Now and the retro and the normal together. It seems a little bit odd to do it that way around, but. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the other point I was going to make. In as much as that, yeah, it's nice to have access to all of these older games. But there, you know, and this is, um, you know, there's there's a, a rich history there, rich catalogue, and it's great to have it at your fingertips. But if you've got PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five quality type games, and some of them are remasters anyway, potentially, are you going to want to go back and play janky PS3 games and PS2 games I don't know what yeah so yeah unless they're thinking that the people that are old enough to remember those games are now the people that are old enough to have jobs with the money to pay for the higher price range there'll there'll be a business there'll be some sort of business reasoning behind it won't there well it's lucky we've got somebody on the show that can tell us so what are your thoughts then Pete well it's 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 interesting listening because I mean one thing about one actually one criticism I've read quite a lot online um, was actually kind of like the opposite of what Tom was saying, which is like, and again, I think this it comes down to personal preference, isn't it? But like, I've seen quite a lot of comments asking there should be saying there should be a fourth tier that actually is cheaper and only has um, sort of like the online games, oh, as in access, sorry, access to playing online. They have no interest in like the the monthly games. Um, so yeah, you could you could argue that like you know it's about choices. You can now choose. Um, I I know obviously at this point we we still don't know the content that's available in each tier. We don't know what games are available. We can obviously for extra you can obviously sort of surmise from like what PS Now has, what sort of games it has on there currently, so what sort of thing you're going to expect in there. Although obviously will be some changes. And yeah, I think the big question is still around the, the retro stuff. I mean, it it I, I guess at this point like. As you guys, as, as like you know, if you're going to pay for plus, would you stick with what you know the sort of the central level, or would you like want to upgrade to one of the the premium, the extra or premium? Me personally, I think I'd definitely go for the plus extra. Whether I'd go for the plus premium, not so sure on that one. If I'm being honest with you, because I, yeah, like I said, it's nice to have a, a 340 plus odd games that from that era, but am I really going to spend that much time playing them? For the extra to you know to justify spending that extra 
£17 or whatever. I, I don't personally think I would. So I think I'd kind of be the middle tier, uh, which is the plus extra. Um, what about you, Tom? Yeah, I'm saying plus, I'd go plus extra uh, because it would be good to... I'll still obviously play the buy and play the games that I want to play. Um, but then I always think PlayStation Plus as it is. I mean, I picked up loads of really good games that I just from the normal PlayStation Plus. But then if you put now into that as well, um, there'll definitely be games that slip through the net that I can't play in time that may come to now that I'll definitely want to play. But like you said, for the for the sort of retro for the price for the retro stuff, there's not enough time to play the new games. I'm not gonna really go back and play the the the, the retro titles. Uh, of years gone by I don't think personally but that, again like Pete said it is good in a way that there is choice so that's my that's my choice of where I sit with things but like Pete said now at least people have the opportunity to try the, the have the different tiers for different choices yeah the, the other thing I, I, um, I saw on the Metro the other day I'm trying to find it now but there was a story that there was you know 30 odd games I think that, that, that were going to be actually removed from Plus whether that's in re- sort of response to the the new subscription or whether it was just time that they were going to be going anyway, I don't know. But um, I say fairly high profile games. There were some big ones in there from what I read. I'm trying, like I said, I'm trying to find out what it is. With, but um, at, Chris, yeah, with, with uh, Pete, with now, uh, are all the games that go on to now on a, uh, a bit like Game Pass? Are they all on a timed thing, or do some stay forever, like permanently, or? Some some can stay forever, but but the, the majority are times yes. So if you didn't work for Sony, then what would you go for? Uh, personally, I'd I'd go for the extra as well. I mean, much almost exactly like you guys said. I don't. Um, I wouldn't have much use for the streaming personally. Um, I don't. Yeah, and I don't also play retro games like you said. I've got enough current current and PS4 gen games to play as it is. Um, I must admit, like I don't know, Chris. This might be mixing up the polish, but I thought, with you know, knowing your love for like Evercade and some of the other sort of mini consoles that have come out, I thought you might be interested in some of the retro stuff. Yeah, so I, d- I do, and I love playing retro games um, when I get chance. I, I think it's more it tends to be more though for for a bit of a hobby, or if I, in terms of if I'm writing a review about something that I'll go back and play some older games. Um, but I. <laughs> Yeah, so an example of this is I because it's on PlayStation now at the moment. I played um, Super Star Wars, and I love Super Star Wars. Um, you know, when I played it on the Super Nintendo when it first came out, and I played it, I couldn't get, get even get off the first bloody level. <laughs> so it's like you know, and and that's the thing, isn't it? I think that, uh, and I do genuinely love playing retro games and from that era, and I appreciate that they were a lot harder back then than they are now. And, people complain about games being hard now but you know it's nothing compared to what it was then but um i think you know it's one of those where it's nice to dabble with them but you know like yeah um they, they, they've got a time and place so i managed to find that article and uh it's 50 games which are going to be removed from playstation now um and they don't know if they've made a big deal out of it um but it just says a month ahead of the playstation plus revamp in june so and some of those games um seem mostly to consist of uh, Konami and Sega games, which includes all the four Metal Gear games um, and um, Sonic the Hedgehog games. So I don't know if that was just the end of their agreement that they'd got in place or if it happened to um, be that they, you know, or it's in response. I don't know. Who knows? Um, 
but there you are. So I was just going to say uh, the I irony don't... of us all talking about not wanting to play uh, retro games, but EGX. All three of us spent the majority of the day sat in the retro section. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. I think those games are best enjoyed sometimes with playing with other people as well, aren't they? That the the other thing as well is there was a news piece that came out um, in shortly after this, which. Um, is that PlayStation are kind of cracking down on stacking? So because you can buy now, uh, now, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> uh, you can, you can kind of it'll unlock your new premium tier going forward. Or you, so you you won't be again. Correct me if I'm wrong. I probably will make a mistake because uh, you know uh, I've got form for it. But it's um, yeah. So you, you can't just like now you can't buy say a year's worth of subscription and just keep doing that and topping it up and sell. You got like four years worth of subscription. Am I right in saying that, or I'm messed it up again? Yeah, that's right. So so anyone who's currently just has a PlayStation Plus subscription, you automatically get rolled onto the essential tier, which is the lower the lower tier. Um, if you have both a PlayStation Now and a PlayStation Plus subscription, you'll get rolled onto the premium tier and it will last you whichever subscription was meant to end, end the latest. So so to your point, Chris, if you had like a Now subscription that that didn't end for like two years' time, but you had a Plus subscription that only lasted a year, you would get the premium for two years. Got yeah. Okay. So well, one thing I would like to see, because I don't know, I'm just admit, I haven't really looked at Now stuff so much, um, but is more PSVR games on there as well um, because I've got PSVR and uh, I must admit I haven't played it for probably about 18 months but I still I have it and in, ta- in anticipation of the new PSVR 2 which will be coming out at some point um, soon uh, in the, probably in the new year or whenever is you know and I know that they have given away PSVR games as part of Plus um, which is good because at least it kind of reminds people that it still exists and it's still a thing but I would like to see some dedication to PSVR, so um, but you could probably tell me if there if there is already kind of a section for that anyway. I don't know if there is, but I I don't think it's massive if if there is stuff like that. Pete, I I honestly can't answer, and that's not me being cagey. I because it's just like for clarification, I work on the the commercial what's called the commercial side of PlayStation Plus. I don't work on the content side, so I'm afraid I'm not. I don't actually know what sort of content is coming yeah. at this stage. There's another tier coming. There's a VR tier coming. Pete knows. He just can't VR. say anything. <laughs> <VR tier. laughs> Lovely. Oh, yeah. VR tier. Wow. Um, but no, I, I, I'm glad it's here. I'm glad it's finally been announced. It's, um, it's like, I said, if people are on a limited budget, then at least it gives them access to a ton of games, which is going to keep them occupied for a very long time. So I'm all for that. Um, then if you've got you anything know what I'm else. what I'm glad for? Say I'm again. glad Wayne. You know what I'm glad for? Go on. I'm glad Wayne's not here so he can, like, he's, I know he's at home. He's going to be at home listening to this, going, oh, I needed to say this about it and go on about how great Game Pass is. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Game Pass is good. It is good. I mean, but uh, PlayStation 1's better. It's, now, it's, so. yeah. it's good when it works. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, no, I'm kidding, of course. It, like I said, it's, it's the, the, the real winners in this are... Are people who play games. I'm not saying it's corny and cheesy, but it's true. Right. Um, anything else? Anybody else got anything they want to add up to that, or should we move on? No, I think. Yeah, I'll move on. Cool. Any, uh, who wants to take the next story then? Um, because we've got quite a few. Uh, anybody want to go with the next one? What is the next one, Chris? 
So we've got quite so um, somebody's put in here about Fortnite returning to iOS. That's quite a big thing, actually, isn't it? Because there was all that hoo ha about um, the, the coming off, and um, there was the lawsuits and everything else. And we all play Fortnite. Um, general, well, say so you don't play it so much anymore, Tom, but we our kids play it, and we've been playing loads of it lately. Actually, um, my daughter's nearly unlocked Doctor Strange. Um, <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, but um, that's quite a big thing, isn't it? Who put this one in? Was this you, Pete? No, I think I think this was Wayne. So, so for clarification, like like oh. Chris said, Fortnite's been off iOS, um, so iPad and iPhones for quite a while now, as it's, and they're still doing the the losses are still wrangling on between Apple and Epic. Um, but what this is is this is it's returned to iOS, but via Xbox Cloud Gaming. Um, so obviously, it's quite a big. You know, collaboration between Microsoft uh, and Epic and Apple. Well, I don't think Apple are necessarily involved in the other. They just it's just now available on on iOS, and it's, so it's done via cloud. So that way, Apple can't say like no to it. Um, and I guess the big thing about it is that like you need an account, but you don't need to necessarily be a Game Pass subscriber to do it. You can just do it for free. Okay. Um, so it's just. I know it's been it's been a big deal. Obviously, I saw Tim Sweeney tweeting about it and saying, you know, it's great to have, again, to give people that choice to if they want to play it, they now can. Um, I I've not yeah again. Unfortunately, we do need Wayne here because I've I've never experienced Xbox Cloud game. I don't know how it works. I don't know how smooth it is. Well, I think I'd imagine he's probably tried it. Well, going going back because in case people listening don't know, the reason why there was a big lawsuit and and why Fortnite hasn't been on iOS and through the Apple Store was because Apple was taking such a big cut of any in-game purchases, which had to go through Apple's store, um, and Epic were losing out. So Epic created a separate website saying, don't go through the Apple store, go through this website, and then that will get us 100% of the profits coming back to our company, um, which Apple then put a block on. And that's why then the lawsuit unfolded and they were saying about them basically controlling the market and not allowing people to uh, make money off their own product without giving an excessive amount of money to Apple, which is why this is such a big deal because this essentially going through the Xbox game um, cloud streaming service allows them to bypass the boundaries set by the by Apple and the iOS is my understanding of it, which is a massive, obviously a huge win for Xbox because Fortnite is one of the most popular games in the world that people can now play for free through their cloud streaming service which is obviously going to hopefully generate more business for xbox cloud gaming in the future um that's my understanding if i'm correct me guys if i'm if i'm wrong but that's my understanding of it i wonder how apple feel about that because <laughs> i can't imagine they're very happy because uh, it's kind of from what again uh, not uh, nowhere near an expert obviously I'll, you know <laughs> that goes without saying um but it's it's kind of almost circumventing <laughs> their systems isn't it to get on it um i mean just looking now looking at the epic store on the pc because um you've got a pc i think or have you got a pc pete i know you're getting steam deck soon um but i don't know whether that'll connect to epic game library Uh, Uh, i believe i believe people have got got it working it via some some workarounds but no i don't have a, a pc for gaming but they give away so many free games it's 
Unreal. I mean, you just need an account, an Epic account, and then you can download whatever the free games are. And there's there's been some quite high high profile games. So um, just to prove my point, so I'm just looking at it now. And Prey is on there as a as a free game. Just uh, you know, you can get download it and keep it, and it's you know that's kind of crazy really isn't it um so it, it, oh, there's always been that question of well how can they keep sustaining that um yes they don't generally give away the massive triple a games there's lots of indie stuff but there are there are examples of them giving away big games and and even some of the indie games i, I think celeste was one of them which i played on pc which is you know love that game and um how can they sustain that so and th- and there is a big advert at the moment for um Fortnite. I'm looking at it now. It says Fortnite is now available via Xbox Game Cloud, uh, cloud Gaming. Uh, no paid subscriptions required. Play Fortnite on supporting mobile devices or PCs. So it's 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 almost like a bit of a sort of like thumb in the eye, isn't it, of for um, for Apple and iOS? It's like, well, up yours. We will still get it on your system somehow. Uh, I don't know if I. I mean, I've I played it on the Switch and it's all right. But I think after having played it on the PlayStation Five. I don't know if I'd want to play it on a phone anyway. I don't know. Uh, I know it's a bit different, perhaps, with because I have played um, xCloud or whatever it's called, GameCloud, um, and it does work really well. I mean, like Wayne demonstrated it in a cinema with you know, his, uh, and he put Streets of Rage four on it. But that's, I suppose, a different type of game. It's not one where you have to have low latency because of playing online against people. But um, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think we're the wrong audience for this, isn't it? I mean, because obviously. I'd imagine if anyone's listening to this, they're obviously fairly dedicated to gaming. Um, and we've already got the consoles. This is obviously going to be big for people and markets where they don't, you know, if they want to play Fortnite on their on their phone, they've already got it. They don't need to buy a console anymore. Yeah. You can do that. Of course, obviously they couldn't up to this point, you know, if you had an iPad and you couldn't, and yeah, you had no access to it, then you, the only way to do it was to get a console. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I was just thinking, Wait, even though Wayne's not here, he's still putting bloody f- things in for us to read out, isn't he, that we know nothing about, <laughs> just to embarrass us. <laughs> um, right, so he, I think this is a big one, um, and it kind of seemed, I don't know, for me anyway, it seemed to go under the radar a little bit, because, um, so Square Enix sells Western Studios and over 50 IPs to embrace a group for just $300 million. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so Square Enix... Um, I suppose out of all of the publishers, you know, so they seem—I don't know—they don't seem to do as well <laughs> for me anyway. They've got some pretty big IPs, but I think they—they um, they, I read recently that um, I think the Avengers and the other Marvel game, Guardians mm. of the Galaxy, lost them about two hundred million dollars, um, which is a huge amount of money, um, and so. And whenever I've watched Square Enix's presentations at E3 when they were doing them, they always just seem to be a bit lower quality than, say, some of the others, or not as, you know, um, I don't know, all the whiz-bang, all that sort of stuff. Um, And then, so, I mean, I um, what's it called? Uh, Hitman, they became independent, didn't they? So that was Square Enix published before, wasn't it? So, and now this... Yeah. So and know this. So you've got like the likes of Crystal Dynamics, Idus uh, Montreal, uh, Square Enix Montreal. So you've got the likes of Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, 
Thief, Legacy of Kane. I mean, Legacy of Kane, that's an old game, isn't it? Um, but it do, apparently doesn't include the likes of Life is Strange, Just Cause, and Outriders. Um, yeah, they, they only sold, I think they only sold off the IP. I don't think that, I think they are still, they're not owned by Embracer Group as such. They've just sold the IPs to certain games. Yeah. Now, I, I must admit, I'd never heard of Embracer, right? um, but apparently they already own. Yeah, they own a lot. Uh, Gearbo- Gearbox, mm. THQ Nordic, uh, is it Koch or Koch Media, uh, Saber Interactive. So, you know, fairly big. St- I know that um, some of those, they just hoover up games, don't they? Or, thing, you know, um, IPs. So, I don't know, what, what do we think of this? Um, Pete, what do you reckon? I mean, yeah, first of all, I agree. Like, I had heard of Embracer, but I must say, I didn't. I actually hadn't. Um, sort of clocked on that they they own Gearbox. I just I just associate Gearbox with two K still. I hadn't appreciated that. Um, and I know what you mean. They're kind of flying under the radar in terms of like. So like you said, Embracer Group's kind of a. It's not. I don't know if it is like. I don't think you see that on the splash screen of any games. If that makes sense. It's like you mm-hmm. don't you don't they don't come to the forefront of your mind. Um, I think. I mean. I think we talked. We we joked about it last recording that like you know oh my word we need to slow down with all these acquisitions and here's another one. Um, I think actually quite a lot of people were, were quite surprised that like after all these billion dollar deals flying through that three hundred million dollars is actually relatively cheap. Yeah. Um but then I think like you hinted at Chris, um, my understanding is that all the the bits of screenings that make money are from the, the Japanese studio, so it's like you know, the Final Fantasies and so on. Um, especially like Final Fantasy fourteen, I gather, is doing really well for them. Um, and apparently, like, like I don't know if it was just the Marvel games, but like these, um, the West Street had been sort of like underperforming underperform- in Square Enix's eyes for quite a while, and I think they were kind of grateful just to get rid of them. And I don't know if how much of that is like they didn't know what to do with them; they were blaming them for you know, like they're saying they're a bit of a poison chairs and they just wanted to get rid of them. Um, like you were saying, and, and if, the, they, if they've lost so much money on the last two couple of games, they may have just been trying to recoup. They might need just to make some money back. Yeah, absolutely. And then, well, then funny enough as well, is like there was a statement, I think, in one of the investor calls that said something pretty, like, it sounded pretty silly, but it was like they were saying they were selling off in order to get the money to invest more in, like, NFTs and blockchain, which everyone was just like, Ugh. Okay. Um, <laughs> but But if that's the way they want to go, that's the way they want to go. <laughs> We, we've never really talked about NFTs. I've, I've listened to lots of podcasts about NFTs, uh, um, football podcasts, uh, funnily enough, uh, because mm-hmm. NFTs and football, it seems to be quite a big thing and they're all over the place at the minute. I still I've, I still don't even really think I know what an NFT is. I think I've got a general idea, but I still don't know why anybody would want to spend money on one, if I'm being perfectly honest, but maybe that's just me. I'm just, I sometimes, you know, as I am getting older, even though I still feel quite young in myself, I am still, I'm nearly 46, so it's kind of like, I'm still, I, I'm starting to have that feeling where I, I feel old, because I don't understand things <laughs> anymore, you know what I mean? I was like, why would somebody do that? It doesn't make any sense to me, but I'm sure that, you know, my parents and then their parents had similar thoughts about things as they started to lose touch with um with things and and you know what i'm saying yeah um i, I think now is probably not the right time to have a chat about nfts but i just think that they're a lot of cobblers i i don't know am i missing the point i, I, I don't know i can see it, you know not to be i can see a place for them in in the future 
but at the moment it's sort of like a scammers market where every everything is in there so look for for those that aren't uh, and again this is just based on my understanding like you said chris it's a really quite confusing um it's as to what they actually are but in my understanding is an nft is a non-fungible token which basically gives a serial number on a digital item which makes it unique essentially and that in in being unique with that code it gives it value so they're saying like if you owned a mona lisa that was the digital original mona lisa and it had an nft code on it saying i don't know for it make it simple zero 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 one um then that is the most valuable mona lisa nft because it is the first original one if that makes sense but the problem that you've got is the nfts are now being put into everything um i don't pretend to know i don't understand the blockchain side of things i know that apparently it's very bad for the environment but also the nfts sort of the, the, the whole thing about oh it's a digital and it's yours and you own it that's all good until someone just turns off the server or, or whatever it is that's that's maintaining that nft um, and then then it's gone so you can never really truly own it because it's not physical it's it's out there on on a database somewhere that has the potential to just be turned off at, at any point so if you're spending like a million pounds on an nft thinking it's going to be worth five million in the future and then they just turn off the system and it goes away there's nothing you can do about it so yeah it's um i think there's a lot of a lot of scams out there basically at the moment around in it surrounding it but i was out in london the other night and there was nft posters on the on the tube so like advertising nft so i don't think i think like anything as long as people can make money out of it like pyramid schemes and all that kind of stuff i think you'll see a lot of people making money off of it before it becomes more of a mainstream thing mm. yeah uh, it sounds like you actually do know quite a lot about it <laughs> more than i do uh <laughs> pete i don't know if you want to ch- chuck anything in uh, <laughs> i d- yeah i i don't think i know enough about the comment i mean the only gaming version i sort of know about was ubisoft put some like cosmetic items into ghost recon breakpoint um and my understanding was that they, they didn't have a very good uptake um and i think part of the problem was that like even if you get like a cosmetic like a an outfit for your character that is unique to you i think what my understanding what i saw was that like it basically they had like however many thousands of these this uniform but but it basically just had like a unique like like Tom said like a unique barcode or a unique number. But the actual uniform looked the same as the one the one the next person's gonna get. Do you see what I mean? So it's like yes, it's technically unique because you've got the number and it's technically different to the next guy's number. But when you just look at it, it looks the same. So yeah, it's for uh, I mean, rich I, I, people and who that want to collect yeah. stuff that have got more money than cents basically at this point <laughs> in time. <laughs> yeah. I think that's about sums it up. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an odd one, isn't it? Um, okay, cool. Right, because we've got quite a lot of games to go through. So should we just do one more news story? Um, and I think this one's quite poignant, really, just because of it, the length of time that it's it's been the name, really. So after thir- almost 30 years, um, EA is moving away from FIFA. So it's no longer going to be called fifa um it's going to be ea sports fc which isn't quite as catchy but um what do you think 
about this then? Um, apparently, it's not going to change in terms of its content, um, various other things. It's not going to sort of like what was the uh, the free to play one that came out and it was really bad. Oh. I, I didn't play, it, but the I didn't Pro Evo e football. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's e football now, not Pro Evo anymore. Yeah, it, I know that it's going to go down that route, but it'll. It'd be interesting because FIFA's a, a really recognisable brand, isn't it? And it's been like that for so long. I mean, like I said, I remember uh, owning it on the Mega Drive when I first played it, and it was the isometric style, uh, and and you know, kind of been blown away by the animations and uh, and everything. And um, so it, it's been FIFA for so many years. I suppose, from my point of view, do you think that it's going to hurt? The brand going forward, I guess we'll only find out next year when with sales and stuff. But um, I don't know what what are your thoughts on it. I'll come to you first, Tom. Uh, okay, oh, sorry, I thought you were going to Pete first. I wasn't expecting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like I've spoken quite a bit, so I thought Pete was going to go. Um, yeah, I'm I'm amazed by the branding of it. Again, I suppose we've spoken about this on WhatsApp uh, when it first happened. I, I thought they would have lent more into the since they've had so much success with the Ultimate Team side of things where that seems to be making them the most amount of money with the sticker packs and the in-game purchases I thought they would have lent into like Ultimate Football or something like that or Ultimate FC or something like that um, I do think that it's going to have I, I don't know exactly how the licensing is going to work so for the names of players and teams and, and um, competitions and that sort of thing if that's going to now take a Pro Evo esque where we have names that aren't quite the real names or not i don't know if that's a separate thing but in terms of the name fifa like you said chris it's iconic like you know people would if you said you want a game of fifa or we're going to play fifa tonight or when i was growing up we had like the fifa bowl where me and my mates would play in a tournament of fifa ea sports fc doesn't really roll off the tongue like are you gonna have a game of ea sports fc tonight or do you want to come around for a game of ea sports FC tonight it just doesn't sound I don't know maybe that's because like you said it's been 30 years of saying FIFA that it just doesn't sound right maybe in a, in a few months time it'll sound a lot better when we, when more people are saying it uh, but it'd be interesting to see if people shorten it down to try and give it some sort of slang in some way and make their own sort of name up for it instead of like you know with, with Pro Evolution Soccer it was Pez um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with it hmm. what about you Pete? I kind of agree with Tom. I reckon I was just, just going to call it FIFA still. Um, I think the other bit of the story as well was that so FIFA, as in the, the company, put out a statement basically saying that they're going to continue making FIFA games. And by that, I assume they mean they're going to give the license to another developer, not that they're going to actually bring on their own development team to make one. Uh, and then they made some like silly claims about like their their FIFA game will be the best one. Um, not not the EA one, um, yeah. So I agree with Tom. I think people are just going to call it FIFA in shorthand anyway. I think there will be some confusion inevitably when like the first other FIFA game comes out, and then inevitably you'll probably get some some parents going into into game or whatever and going, "Oh, I need to pick up pick up the new FIFA game for my kids," and getting the wrong one. Um, I do any of us play FIFA? Does anyone here play FIFA? I don't personally. No, it's one of those where very, very rarely. Um, uh, you know, I, I used to love playing football games back on the Amiga, and um, but yeah, I've I've played a bit of FIFA. A Pez on on the 
PlayStation Two. That was awesome. Um, but the one with Kalina on the cover. But uh, it's yeah, it's not like because it's just come out as one of the PlayStation Plus games, isn't it? The, the latest FIFA, which um, yeah, it has, yeah. you yes. know, is interesting, I guess. Because um, normal they're available on. EA Play, but it tends to be there's a delay. But then saying that, I mean the, the new football game, whatever it's going to be called, later on this will come out this year in September. Usually, isn't it September they come out? So um, yeah, that'll be that'll be the last FIFA, like as in EA FIFA. It's still going to be called FIFA 23, but that'll be the last one. Right, got yeah. So, but no, I I don't. But it's huge, isn't it? And like you said, Tom, it's the um, the ultimate um, team stuff. You know, which again, I've never bothered with any of that. Um, so it's it's not really kind of my thing, but it's it's still huge, isn't it? I think it's, it's still a huge game. Am I right right in saying that? Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's still massive. Yeah, definitely. yeah. Um, yeah. It, we've spoken a lot about like IPs being bought and companies being bought. Could you see someone buying the branding to do their own thing? Like, but I mean, obviously they need a, a game to build a game around it. But could you see Xbox or FIFA or FIFA? Uh, or FIFA or PlayStation going to FIFA and saying we want to work with you to make a game exclusive for our console? Maybe I don't know. Wow, that would that would piss off EA. <laughs> I was thinking, I I was imagining more that Konami would do it after all. Like eFootball's tanked, why not? Scrap spend some money, scrappy football, and yeah, yeah, and get then their FIFA now. What could yeah. you make? What that is like some multiverse of Did madness you... stuff. Know <laughs> <laughs> is now FIFA. Slash it's a a strange one is because um you know for years people said that pro evo was the better football game and then fifa kind of caught up and then because it got the uh, actual licensed teams and players um and then pro evo started to go down the pan um because of uh, whether you mismanagement or whatever uh, to the point where it's currently at at the moment, so it, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, whether they do overtake each other at some point, or if because I mean the thing is, I mean maybe because I don't play it, so I don't know it, and if I was played it every year, I'd, I'd get the the nuances and I'd see the different things. Uh, and they was talking about the was it the frostbite engine and all this that and the other, and you know, they'll do this and they've got AI and whatever and blah blah blah. I mean I don't really care to be honest, but if I played it every year, I may well notice. But I suppose we do take it for granted. But it's actually probably a really hard thing to do, isn't it? It's probably a really hard thing to to sort of make those physics, and uh, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. But uh, you know, so I don't think that they could just go to somebody and say, "Make us a football game that would rival the current quality of FIFA." I, I could be completely talking out my arse here. Yeah, I mean the other the other one that that I guess a lot of people been talking about would be a 2K because obviously they make. The NBA games and True. other other sports games, um, but they don't currently make a football soccer game. So you know, perhaps there could be a FIFA 2K game. Hmm, that'd be interesting. Uh, but then again, would they then have the licensed players? Uh, what, do they... Yeah, that's that's a confusing one because, like you said, Chris, when they first announced it, I thought that meant that you wouldn't they wouldn't be allowed to have the licenses for all the teams. So apparently, they can. But I don't. I must be. I don't know enough about football to understand why why what they can and can't use. Mm. Uh, and then and then, like you said. Chris, imagine. Let's just imagine that, like, they did lose some, and they did end up going to Pez where, yeah, like, like Tom said, they have like you know Merseyside Reds or whatever they used to be called. Um, but then another game came out, and they did have all the licenses and the likenesses and all that. Would people more likely to fly just just for that? Is that enough to draw people over? Hmm. Do you remember in the old days if it were of Pro? I remember being playing on Pro Evo 
on the PlayStation, or God, it would have been PlayStation One or PlayStation Two, and you could buy memory memory cards with all of. So someone would sit down and edit all of the teams, all of the names. Because you could edit the players in 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 the game, and someone would edit all of the teams, all of the players' names, and then you could upload it all to have the authentic, the authentic players in your team. Yeah, I never did that, but I heard about it. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. yeah, and then DLC was born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and again, listening to football podcasts and stuff like that, and um, I don't want to get, <laughs> you know, say anything because, uh, well, FIFA, I don't want to end up getting sued by FIFA. But, you know, you, you do hear um, about the way that it's run. Obviously, there was the high-profile corruption stuff that came out years ago, and I read somewhere that uh, that they were asking for about a, of a, a billion dollars for renewing the license with EA or for them re- EA renewing the license with FIFA some EA probably just thought well sod that we're not going to do that we you know when we can do it ourselves and just kind of keep that money you know and make more money I guess do you think that so, the, do you think that, that uh, the fact that they are r- in realistic terms they are the only premium football game on the market allowed them to have that that ability to say nah sodja we're not going to bother with renewing because there's not really like you said pete the only other one is really e-football and that's fallen that's fallen flat on its face uh for intents and purposes at the moment anyway that they probably thought well there's no one around us that's causing us any threats we might as well just go out we might as well just keep the money and go out there and change the name yeah it's it's a mix like first, i mean the first of all we yeah i don't know None of us know the exact details or like whatever the contract or the license agreement was, but at the end of the day, they've obviously done this for a reason. It's not like they've they've obviously a reason that you have decided they don't want the FIFA name anymore. And I'd imagine, like Chris said, the money comes is a lot of it. Um, but then I think part of the room was that FIFA. I think FIFA was saying that they that they were going to give it to them, but then they wanted more to like license out the name to more to more companies anyway. So then it wouldn't they would have lost that sort of exclusive stranglehold on it like you said um which i know is kind of prevent like like for example ea obviously have very tight control of like the nfl games with madden um and arguably like 2k do have like a good deal with the nba games so again um there's not really many other other sports like like you said i think nearly all the main sports now have like one sort of premium game and maybe a few stragglers but they're not really like as much competition as it used to be. I mean, going back to the PS One days, Tom, you might remember how many of those random football games you'd get, like you know, Adidas Power Soccer or whatever. Yeah. Mm, Actua Soccer. It was the wild, yeah, it was the wild yeah. west of soccer games back there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of miss them a little bit. There are some fun indie football games, but they just tend to be like little arcadey type games. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see anyway. It's, it's quite a big piece of news anyway. If after all those years that they're finally going going independent shall we say or going back to uh, doing something different so there we go now we've got quite a lot of games to chat about so um should we move on anybody else got anything on the raise no happy to yeah, do it awesome cool right well we'll come back in a minute with what we've been playing and achieving so here we go work with me eli you still don't get it there's nothing you can do batman please please Anything you want. Give him up, and I'll make that danger go away. No. I can't. You've seen his machines. Ah! 
completely insane! No, I am death. <laughs> Riddler terrorized this city long before you were Batman. To have him returned, it's unsettling. He used to leave clues at all his crime scenes. Always thought he was smarter than the people trying to catch him. Game on! You should have called us before going in, Gordon. Waller? This city is about to find itself in a crisis the likes of which it's never known. The criminally insane. You're drawn to them, aren't you? <laughs> I told you I'd see you again, didn't I? I need that favor you owe me. We all wear masks. Gotham's criminals have become zealots and thugs in cheap suits. Everyone's very impressed with you. I'm not impressed. <laughs> I want to commemorate the moment. Smile. Okie doke, right, we're, we're back with what we've been playing and achieving uh, and getting our trophies in. So, I am going to go with Tom this uh, episode first, because last episode I uh, let everybody wait uh, and uh, let Pete go last, because Elden Ring had just come out, and I know that Pete has been spending quite a lot of time playing it, and um, I pretty fair to say i think you probably still have but uh tom i want you to start first so tell us what your thoughts are with elden ring oh. i know you've got some other games you want to do but let's uh, let's let's jump straight you into go, it and okay then, you want to go elden ring first okay let, let's go for it yeah and then because i want uh i want to sort of see what you and uh pete have been up to as well because i know you've been doing a bit of co-op stuff or pete's been helping you okay i want to get so, comfy in my chair for this bit because come on oh, then come on my God. <laughs> Elden Ring is phenomenal. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that is it. On. Honestly, um, I wasn't sure because I, I, I know we're going to talk about Elden Ring now, but I, I, I have got a platinum uh, since we last spoke. I platinum that game, and then I wasn't sure what to go on to next. And funnily enough, it was listening back to our recording from last month that I was sat there and I thought, ah, oh, Pete's got me. Pete's got me wanting to play Elden Ring, so I, I hit. I thought I'll just have a. I'll just give it a go, and uh, I loaded it up, and oh my god, it has been a whirlwind of a month of all. I haven't felt this way about a game in a long, long time, um, where it is consuming my thoughts when I'm with it. It's consuming my thoughts when I'm not with it. Um, it's so. It's such a mix of. Not only all of the Souls games, because I'm in a position where I have played the previous Souls games, the like Bloodborne, Demon Souls, um, Dark Souls, that sort of stuff. And uh, Bloodborne was always my t number one spot for the way it played. I really enjoyed the way it played. And then this has this has overtaken it now. It's different because it's open world, um, but and I and I know that it's. How do you put this? It's probably the most. It's probably the the, the most um, 
easy to get to grips with for newcomers, but at the same time quite complex uh, in terms of I can understand why people would be confused by a lot of it, but I'll try and explain better. So basically with Elden Ring, it's the, it's the options that are there, the, the variations in the way that you can approach the game and play the game. So I've taken the approach of going very slowly into it and then like the first hour I just ventured around the, the opening area and stumbled onto a few different new different things but it's got some mechanics that are really helpful for people like me so I'm not I'm not I wouldn't say I was the best souls player um, and I've always struggled with things like parrying time and parries and stuff so it, I don't really parry when I play souls games and I still haven't parried in in Elden Ring but what they have introduced and people know what I'm talking about because I know you haven't started it yet Chris but they've what I would say it was like a a, a parrying like a, a noob parry so basically you can stand there with your shield and when you get hit by an attack if you press so you're not you're not parrying as such you're blocking but once you've been hit by the attack, if you press R2, it does, it makes a noise and it does a, um, a, a, a return attack. So it's almost like a parry, but not a parry, if that makes sense. You haven't got to time your button press when the person's attacking, you just hold shield, let them hit you, then you press a button and you hit back and it does massive damage. And I think at the start of the game, that was the main thing that I used to get myself comfortable with the gameplay. Uh, but yeah, this game, there's no way that I could sum it up really in this in just one, in one podcast, other than it has a little bit of everything, and it keeps you coming back for more. There was a there was a thing that I heard on a podcast about the the game's design, and the actual game is designed that there is an interaction every forty seconds. So if you walk in any direction for 40 seconds, you will stumble across something that will engage you, whether it's visually or item finding or enemy finding um, or a new area. It's all within 40 seconds in any direction, which I found really fascinating. And it is so like that. I said on the last podcast when I, when I asked Pete, is this game about exploring? It is, because if you ask me, ask me anything you want about the storyline about the characters I have no idea couldn't tell you couldn't tell you one single um, couldn't tell you one single name of a character or one thing about the storyline but what I can tell you is that it's it's almost about the adventure that you go on so I will I've bored Sarah to absolute bits every time after I play (laughs) I, I, every time after I play, I go up to her and I go, you won't believe what she has no interest. And I'm like, you will not believe what's just happened to me. I was just minding my own business, walking down, a, walking down a beach, found a cave. Then all of a sudden I'm attacked by a dragon. Then there's a troll. Then I found this temple that I didn't know was there. And then I t- and then it's, it's just, it's a game where if you just go into it and explore, you will be constantly pleasantly surprised by what you find and the beauty of it is unlike the previous souls games if you get if you hit a roadblock which you will so say you come across an enemy that is really tough you just go off you just you just go no no thank you because you've got a horse you can jump on and and essentially fast travel you know it increases your speed so you can get away from the open area enemies um, if you want to and there's so many options that you'll never be stuck 
and not be able to progress in one way without being able to go another. Some areas you can completely bypass altogether. Um, yeah, I've just honestly I've been buzzing to talk about this game. I don't know if you've got any any questions, Chris. Or stop me rambling, but I I am I, um, I'm really enjoying it. It no, I, um, it's one of those. I'm I'm in a bit of a funk. I think with um, with what to play next because I'm kind of almost blinded by choice a little bit because of uh, I finished Batman and that almost saw me off <laughs> video games altogether. Um, and then I've I've finished Death's Door, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but. Hearing you and Pete and others talk about about it, it makes me feel like I should, I, I kind of should put my my soul's platinum in chronological order of release on hold, um, because I I was kind of half I was halfway through uh, Dark Souls two, but and, you know I need to go back to that at some point, but maybe I should just put that on hold and just enjoy this while it's. It's everybody's talking about it. And people are talking about it because it seems like it's a really special game. Um, have you hit any roadblocks? Like you mentioned there earlier on, that if you do find something, it's a bit too tough for you. You can just go off and do something else. D- have you kind of hit anything that is like really tough, but you want to persist with it? You want to carry on? Is it like a boss or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. There are times where I've hit, um, I've hit a roadblock, but it's it's weird when you sort of like. I've hit it, but I know I can do it. And then you, you know, you spend maybe maybe half an hour figuring out because there's so many, there's so much diversity in the way that you can, even even as the same boss, you can tackle it in so many ways. So so you have your you have your swords or your staffs that cast magic. Um, you have your swords obviously for close combat, but then they also have things called ashes of war which is almost a magic that you can add to your swords weapons. That's another version of it. That's another kind of attack. You have the ability to summon for some bosses NPCs. You have the ability to co-op summon. So like me and Pete have been doing a bit of every now and again when um, I'm free and Pete's free and I'm in a, maybe a specific area where I'm finding it really tough, then I'll say to Pete, like, do you fancy jumping on? So you can co-op as well. And then they also have summons, which are... Uh, essentially these different types of some are creatures, some are soldiers some are archers and you can summon them and even in those alone if you're on a boss fight and you you can play with those because some of them are range attacks so there's an archer who's a bit like a turret um, and they have a life bar so they can be killed as well so you have to kind of keep them alive if you can Um, it's just the it's so hard to explain it without showing it but it's the diversity in which you can tackle every challenge you never really feel that it's you're stopped and even there are bosses where there are bosses out in the open so you can sometimes um, just bypass them completely I've what I've found is other than the bosses that require you to beat them to move on to the next area which which of which there have been maybe I think I've faced three in in the fifty hours that I've spent with it. Um, a lot of the time, if, if if you get into an area and you think I can't tackle that right now, you can go almost go around it or run past it with your horse, and then the next area won't necessarily be harder. The enemies there will might be able for you to beat, and then in that since you level up and then I go back and I think oh do you know what so the perfect example at the right at the start of the game 
there is a guy on a horse and he's all in gold and he's become a bit of a at right when this game was released he was a bit of a he became a bit famous because everyone was like this guy is unbeatable he's walloping me killing me with one hit and he's he's right at the start of the game but you don't have to fight him so I, I bypassed him carried on playing going about my life and then about 40 hours in I went I, I literally was I don't know what I was doing I can't remember what I was doing but I went oh my god I never killed him I never went back <laughs> <laughs> and and I never killed him, and so I I next time I logged off, I went, like, turned on the PlayStation. I fast travelled back, and fought him and killed him and won that fight, and then I was like, hmm, I wonder what else around here that I didn't get to because at that time I wasn't at the right level. I wandered about another twenty feet to the left, and a massive dragon just came flying down, and I'm, I'm at this point I'm about. 30 hours in 40 hours in massive dragons come down killed a load of people and now all of a sudden I'm fighting a dragon which is right literally at the start of the game but I wasn't ready for that at that time so this game is so that's what I mean about the variation of it you can be doing stuff that is right at the start of the game 30 hours 40 hours in that you just come back to so that level of frustration is really it's really tempered you don't need to feel frustrated because it's a bit like well i'm not ready for that yet but i will be one day i will come back and i will i will get that done and i've 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 started making a bit like pete was saying of his um his notebook on the last time we recorded <laughs> i've made a little list on my phone and i've started to put you can put down multiple waypoints so now if i get if i get to a point where i'm like i'm not ready for that boss yet because they are everywhere they are literally there are bosses all over the place um, I just put a little waypoint down and I think to myself right I'll come back to that at some point it's just there or I'll, I'll, I'll put it on my list and when I feel a bit like I've done a bit more and I've leveled up a bit stronger then I'll go back and I'll face that challenge and try it um, try it again but yeah it's fantastic it's oh, it's not like um, you know in terms of it got a lot of 10 out of 10s and the perfect game I, I, I don't know I, I don't know if it's the perfect game but it for me at the moment it's definitely it's definitely the game that I really enjoy just switching like you were, what we were saying at the beginning of this podcast if you've had a day where you're just like I just need to switch off and, and, and I don't really pay attention to the story there's not much for me to remember I just really want to get in the world and go and, and, and see what's next what's going to get thrown at me next I think that sense of exploration and discovery is what's keeping people uh, excited about it and keeping them playing because it's been out for just over a month now, hasn't it? And um, so, in terms of the trophies, then have you looked at a list yet, or are you just doing it organically and just uh, playing it that way? Are you going to try for the platinum on this one? Oh, a hundred percent, yeah. It's the it, um, it's the platinum that I'm going to get next. So I've looked at a list, and um, there's three. So there's three endings to it which are like the there's three endings and then there's i think there's about three collectible trophies uh, and then the rest are like boss fights so what i've done is like you were saying about organically i've, I've not looked at the boss you know i've not looked up anything about the bosses but i've looked up a little bit on the way i've decided to do it was i'm going to do my first playthrough with what would be deemed as the longer the longer ending um and I'm going to explore the world. And then as I explore the world, what I've been doing is looking at the collectibles 
trophies and saying and, and on the on that it says it gives you a picture of the map so i'm like oh, okay if i've unlocked that area on the map then i'll go on an adventure i've been calling them my adventures and um, then i go on an adventure <laughs> to find that collectible and that's sort of how i've been doing it if that makes sense and then mm-hmm. i'll be like oh okay well i've unlocked this area of the map now so i'll go on, on my adventure and i'll find that collectible and that's how i've been doing those ones um and then yeah, and then the boss ones I'm sort of doing organically, uh, and then what I'll probably do is, before I finish the first playthrough, I'll probably then try and go, and sweep up any bosses that I haven't done that I've like you know like you like we were saying that I've um, got stuck that I know where they are but I've got stuck on them, I'll go and sweep those up and then I'll probably check, get the other ones on the second and third playthrough. Mm. I, I mean Dave. Um... Uh, of our Lord and Master, who uh, uh, who owns the site and whatever. So he uh, he he said before that he's tried the Souls games, he tried Bloodborne, didn't like them, didn't like the difficulty level of them. But he absolutely loves Elden Ring because, like like you said, that accessibility and that choice of being able to to go and try different things. And he you know for him to say that as well, uh, and he wouldn't you know. Um, dislike me for saying this but he says himself like with his aging reflexes he feels like you know he's actually making some progress yeah uh and you know it's it's not just you know he's been hit by a brick wall and that's it and you know that's the thing sometimes what people think about the um the souls games is like you know you just get battered constantly and it's almost like a war of attrition isn't it you know you just have to keep leveling up until you get strong enough to be able to get past that part but because Elden Ring is open world you know if when the game sort of like you know smacks you in the face you can just turn around and say well okay fine I'll go somewhere else and I'll do something different and then come back to you later and you know yeah. mash you up and I will say like in terms of like the gatekeeping side of things like I've seen a lot of people say oh you can't do this and you know if you've done this you can't you're not you're not really playing the game right for anyone listening who's thinking about playing this game and is like, oh, don't listen to any of that. Like, play this game how you want to play it because if you do that, then you will really enjoy it. And there are good people in the communities, um, which has been, you know, just to name a few, Pete's here, uh, people that I play with, JT, Will. Um, there are people out there who love these games who are willing to help others. I mean, let me let me solo her. Have you heard of this, the whole story about that? No, I've not heard that now. You haven't heard it? Okay, so there's um there's this person who is become mega famous within the Elden Ring community uh, for basically staying where the staying where the hardest boss in the well deemed the hardest boss in the game is, and all they wear is a a pot on their head and a pair of pants and a sword, <laughs> and they are so good that they can kill the boss and their name. They they like name their handle above their head is let me solo her, and you can summon in help from other people. So this person basically just stands there and lets people summon them in, and then they kill the boss for them to get them past that hardest part. And they actually got their one they they live streamed their one thousandth um, kill. So they've they've helped a thousand people beat this hardest boss in the game, and they become a bit of a. I mean, people know. I'm sure Pete knows about them. Mm. Um, they become quite a bit of a, a legend within the community. That's cool. That's really cool. So you've been playing it as well, then, Pete. Have you managed to um, play, put, it, carry on playing this, or have you been, you know, so what, tell me where you are with it? I mean, you've been how many hours are you now? Uh, so yeah, still still playing it. I'm I'm really close to the plan, but not quite. Are yet. you? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so 
yeah, 180 hours in Ooh. now. Uh, and I know, and and I also appreciate that, like me saying that might put off some of the listeners to be like, oh my god, I'm not going to spend the time. Again, I, I'm, you definitely, I think most people will, will be in a quicker time than that. It's just that, like my my way of exploring, like I said last time, was just like I just want to see everything. I want to explore every little corner, um, you know, find every little every boss you can find. Um, so I've done, in terms of trophy wise, I've done 36 out of 42. So like Tom was saying, there's 30 like kill this boss trophies. I've done 29 of them now. So I've only got one left. Uh, and for the collectibles, I've done f- there's there's four types of collectibles. I've done three of them. I've only got one left, and I've only got one one of those those items to collect. One I know, and I sort of like know the area it's in, so I just need to go get it at some point. Uh, and then I've, yeah, then there's the three trophies for the different endings. Um, and I guess for, just for the to trophy hunters out there, it's similar to Bloodborne, where as long as you've done the sort of background work beforehand, what you can do is sort of kill the last boss, upload your save to, to the cloud or whatever, do one ending and then download your save uh, and do the ne- do the other endings. So you can do it that way. You don't have to, to play through the whole game again. So it's not gonna be like, you know, hundred and eighty hours times three or anything like that. You can't you can do it that way. Um Yeah, I'm I'm still loving it. It's been great. Like Tom said, the few the few things you had where we've both been on to like go back and help him. Um like I'm, yeah, still loving it. I I agree with Tom. It's a pity. Like when you you get to the end, you kind of you definitely see a lot of the same sort of types of bosses that you might have seen earlier in the game. So quite a few things I've used. I mean, it's not too bad. It's obviously you know it would have been great if they could, but then perhaps that's unrealistic of like you know development work to have so many different variation you know varieties of bosses everywhere and such a and such a big game as well. Um, but. Yeah, like because so, I'm near near the end game, you're definitely getting unique like story bosses who are different, who aren't, who aren't like repeats. So yeah, it's really exciting. Um, and then and then to your early point, Chris, as well, it's just like, don't me wrong, I'm enjoying it. I recommend it, and it'd be great if you do get around to playing it. I do wonder if you played it now, and you finished it, then if you went back to the older Souls games, you'd be then I don't know, you might find it frustrating that like, like you said, it like oh it's too linear or it doesn't have this mechanic that I really liked in Elden Ring and then I can't use that here. I don't know if that would make it feel a bit more, you know, not, you know, just not as good as it would be if you just went through them chronologically, like you said you were originally planning to. Mm. Yeah, I think I probably will carry on with Dark Souls 2 and then move on to Bloodborne after that. Um, Because it just feels like it's something unique for me to try and do. But you talked about collectibles earlier on, so I'm curious because I... I... (laughs) had a big problem with collectibles with batman but <laughs> are the collectibles interesting or do they i mean do they add st- i know you, i'm like you tom i don't especially with these games because the, the story is kind of you know just kind of just totally i don't get it it just flies over my head yeah. a lot of the time um so you know but do, what are the collectibles like um tell me about those go so, go on so they're not so they're not collectibles for collectibles sake they're not just like little things like to pick up in the in the environment they are items that you can use um so they definitely are sort of more useful in that sense there is an element of uh ultimately if you you know by this point in the game you know you you probably have like an idea of a build of like what your character is good at and what they're not good at so obviously if you might be picking up 
I don't know, say a giant sword, but you don't, your character isn't strong enough to use it, then in that sense, like, no, you're not going to use it. But then the flip side is that maybe someone out there has made a character they can use it, and then they'll find a spell that they can't use. And they, do you know what I mean so? There's there's an element of you can't use absolutely everything you get um, because it's like highly unlikely your character will be able to. Um, but the flip side of that is that you might there will be you know it's very likely that one of the or some of the things that you get will be useful to you. Mm. Um, I think one of the one thing to mention as well is that. Uh, I think I mentioned this last time we recorded as well, but it's like the the game's been a lot more forgiving this time for things like that. Like I think I think out of all of the collectibles, there's only one that's technically like missable at a certain point, and even then, that's very late game. So like it's not the same as like um, Dark Souls, where you know you might have to have multiple playthroughs just to find all the rings, or you have to level up. You don't have to level up covenants to to get any of the items. They're all sort of found in the world. There's nothing like you have to cut the tails off the gargoyles mm. to get certain weapons, which you don't you don't have to do anything like that. Um, and even like like when you do big some of the big story bosses, you get their souls. So like in previous Souls games, you can normally turn their the bosses' souls into like items. None of those um, boss souls are needed for the the collectibles, so you're free to use them as as, as you wish. So if you like the item they turn into, great. If you don't, if you just want to to you know to eat the eat the souls and get you know get oh, the means to level up you, and... you haven't told me that i've been carrying them around i've got like th- nope oh i need to go i, I no, need no, to go and eat yeah, some yeah, souls go, go. or ruins yeah, go sorry yeah, yeah, ruins, you, like, you, you do not ruins. need yeah you do not need any of those items from oh, boss, i've got about four hundred thousand ruins just sat in my pocket that i haven't eaten <laughs> there you I, go. Look, this is the thing this is the thing like chris was saying about the the or pete you said about sorry the previous souls games i learned that i did that with the previous one that's why i ended up doing about four playthroughs of deep of uh, yeah yeah of demon souls because i kept eating the wrong using up the wrong thing so i've been too scared to <laughs> to use them tom's tom's cat is going to be like popeye eating oh that's better eating all these oh. his muscles growing like 20 times bigger so yeah <laughs> um and then so and, and in terms of the endings some of the i think two of the endings are tied to like quest lines but again They've been a lot more forgiving than the early Soul games. The early Soul games is like you, if you missed one step, that's it. The quest was over. Mm. This one, in nearly all cases, what will happen is that the quest will just progress. You'll just like, okay, you missed that bit, fine, but it still continues. It's very rare that you can outright fail a quest, apart from I think like obviously if you kill someone. So it's a bit, it's like it's a bit unfortunate. Like I have a friend who has finished the game, but they, like I said, they they killed an NPC they weren't meant to, which meant they did they did miss out on the platinum, and I think they they are going to go back and like do another playthrough just to get it but they're just like going to take a break for now who goes around just killing npcs well for no reason <laughs> yeah 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 i mean look, so another story like so sister home's point when the, the the tree sentinel who's the the guy in the golden arm on the horse is like i think he's intentionally part of the game design of like you know don't fight every single person you come across you know like like tom said you should skirt around him but famously before that you actually meet an NPC and I've heard a lot there was quite a famous story on Reddit which is quite funny of like a guy saying oh it's bollocks the guy the first guy you meet with the white mask who's an NPC you're meant to talk to it's so hard you can't beat him it's so nonsense and they're like oh the game's just you know it's way too hard it's like you're not meant to fight him <laughs> don't <laughs> don't go around attacking everyone you shouldn't be doing that either <laughs> I love the idea of them just immediately running into the game like ah. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can do this. Easy. Yeah. It, it's funny because I, I would generally never kill an MB, NPC. Um, uh, you know, if it wasn't bothering me, I would not bother that. Particularly like in the Souls games. But then when I did that playthrough of Dark Souls, and the, some of the videos I was following, it was like go around and kill this NPC. It was like that doesn't feel right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm murdering them or something. Like the enemies, I, yeah, but the ones that are just sitting there, just minding their own business around the campfire, and it's like actually go and kill them. It's like. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to get too 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 bogged down in the mechanics, but like, the, again, in the other Souls games, so like you said, Chris, I think nearly all the other Souls games do at least have one NPC is actually detrimental to you. So it's like, like patches, you, whatever his name is. Yeah, and there's like, there's other versions. Like I think it's Lord Trek in the first Dark Souls games, who like if you bring him back to Firelink, he will go around and start killing. Oh people, yes. And if you don't, yeah. So you like if you don't realize that, um, I I don't. I can't think of any example. I think in Elden Ring, if someone dies, if an NPC dies that wasn't by your hand, then it's meant to happen. That sort of thing. It's not mm-hmm. like, oh, you've done something wrong by bringing someone bad into like your roundtable hole. Mm. Uh, just out of interest, then, because I know, like I said, Pete, I sorry, Tom and I like the, the same, aren't we, in terms of the story? But from your point of view, though, Pete, uh, how has the story been for you? Has it been working for you? Um, I know George R. 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 Martin's um, involved, so. Is there like a deep lore? Is it engaging for you, or is it just something you're exploring and just killing things? No, I, um, it's done. It's done a good job. I I totally get what Tom says. I know people who finish it, and like I've still no idea what the hell's going on. Um, I I will admit that I'm invested enough that I have like seen some like watched some videos on YouTube of like here's here's the story of Elden Ring. Here's what this meant, sort of thing. And is and I do find that stuff interesting. I, I would say obviously if you're not interested in it, there's no need for it. Don't don't worry. Um, I I like like I think uh, Miyazaki, who's the, the director of the Souls games, has has like quite famously come out as saying that like when he was learning English, he used to read English books, and obviously learning English, he didn't know all the words, so he had to make like do you mean so you read a story, but there'd be patch like gaps in the story. And he wouldn't know how to translate it, so he'd have to make it up in his mind. And so he's always structured like his the lore and his games the same way, in deliberately that he will leave gaps to sort of like things that are a bit obscure, so you kind of have to like interpret yourself. Um, and I I like that. Like again, I don't want to get too bogged down. Like a lot of people who are super who are who do get into that and are really into it, they didn't like Dark Souls Three because he kind of went back and filled a lot of those gaps from Dark Souls One, where it's kind of like he kind of like outright said no this is this person this is what happened to them and then people were like oh they preferred it when there was some mystery to it and you mm. could talk about it and try and work it out um and this kind of does that again my only criticism which again which i totally get is intentional is that all of the characters have very similar names um mm. and and that's intentional so like you got lots of characters to start with the letter m this is like marika melina I'm going to forget some, but it's like, and then you got lots of characters started letter G, so it's Godfrey, Godric, um, some, and then some other ones, and then, then there's a lot of characters started with the letter, like R, so Renala, Rani, Radagon, and, and, you see, and the thing is, I get, I still get them mixed up, I still, I still sometimes refer to like, you know, bosses by one name, and actually I mean another name, and it's like, it's, it's a little, a little annoying, but hey, that's my, my fault for not paying attention, I guess. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you're both still enjoying it. You're coming to the end. Um, Pete, Tom, you're sort of... I mean, what did you say? 70 hours in now? Uh, I think I think it was... This 
50 or 60 i think now oh is it 50 okay so but so you're still relatively um you know fresh into your quest your adventure <laughs> as you call it yeah, in my adventure so Awesome, cool. Well, it's we'll get some updates uh, as the months go on. Um, but no, it's very tempting. But I think I'm going to be I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to carry on with Dark Souls two, um, and and pick that up where I left it. So there you go. Awesome. Um, all right, I'll jump in next, uh, and then I'll come over to you, Pete, if that's all right. So um, I, just this is a very quick one, but I did finally finish. Batman Arkham Knight. Um, not going to call it what I referred to it on the document because that would be very naughty. Um, but yeah, so it was just it was just an absolute pain in the backside to be quite honest with you. With the 243 collectibles, I think I have that number etched in my brain. 243. Um, You're gonna get a tattoo. And, uh, I just, little riddler. I a little it, riddler uh, question mark as a. I, de- I deserve something. I, de- I deserve <laughs> definitely. The thing is, though, I mean, like, I think I probably alluded to this in the last episode, is that because it was annoying me so much, and I ended up buying the DLC, and because I was initially enjoying it whilst I was playing it, and I was looking forward to trying the DLC, which I've heard is mixed. You know, there's some episodes which are better than others, which expand on some different characters. I just never bothered with it in the end because I just thought I can't be asked to play this anymore. I've had enough of it. It's it's annoyed me to a point where I just don't want to play the game any longer, which is a real shame. And I think um, I know it's been delayed, but their next game, Suicide Squad. Um, that's rock steady, isn't it? Mm. Uh, it I, I genuinely hope that they don't go down the route of adding pointless collectibles and, uh, anymore because they, if for, for somebody like me who's now interested in enjoying going for platinum trophies, it almost, well, it pretty much did. It ruined the experience for me, um, which, you know, is not a good thing. You know, from my point of view, the best platinums are there to make the enhance the game you know and to, to okay you can argue yes you, i saw parts of the game that i'd never seen before but it was so it was pretty dull and uninspiring you know the, there was nothing that a lot of the um the environments all looked the same and the, and the puzzle element of getting them it, it wasn't really there it was more about just finding these bloody question marks which was just a real pain in the backside but anyway the one thing that i did um, pick up on and Pete you'll probably be able to tell me exactly what this means is that when I looked on um, the website uh, PSN profiles which gives you a sort of a breakdown of how mm. many percentages of people have got the, the trophies for a certain game so the, the, the platinum trophy for Batman Arkham Knight is uh, only 0.6 people uh, is that how it works so 0.6 is the percentage of people that have unlocked that trophy so yep. less than one percent of the people that have played this game. So how many people? You know how many? Well, I'm guessing millions of people have played the game. So so only 0.6 percent have unlocked the platinum trophy. I guess that kind of puts me in a bit of a fairly exclusive um, club of idiots. Rarest trophy? Do you reckon that's? I I I don't know. Is there a way I can find that out on PlayStation? Yes. I mean, yeah, we're going to be off topic, but yes, you can sort. Them, the trophy your trophy you've got by rarity uh, and it's worth pointing out PSN profiles has two rarities so it has the the like you said the PlayStation platform level rarity where it's like you said it's 0.6% of people who've played that game on a PlayStation console you know have got that trophy they also have their own PSN profile so it's like of people who are on PSN pro you know have got gone to the effort of making the thing how many how many percentage of people have they of those people who've played it have 
the trophy. So those those tend to be quite a bit higher, just because again, if you're if you're that invested into trophies and you you go onto a website and log in and you know register an account, that you you you're going to make more of an effort to try and get them. So uh, I'm just looking now. Uh, I've changed it to PSN and to uh, PSN profiles, and it's. Yeah, it's still 0.6. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Anyway, I'll come back to you on that. But in terms of what is my rarest trophy, I'm but I'm guessing that's going to be up there for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it. Yeah, would I recommend people go for the platinum one? I, God, I think you'd have to really, really love Batman, and I do like Batman. I do, and you know, um, but God, I'm glad if I did it. You know. Just, just annoying me though in the end <laughs> just yeah a real pain in the backside so I've done that now anyway thank god um, but yeah so I'll come back to you Pete now what what, uh, what have you been doing because obviously Elden Ring's taken up a lot of your time so I, I did wonder you know your with your A to Z trophy um, challenge have you managed to get back on track with that yeah so that's I mean that definitely played on my mind um, I was conscious that I had been play, playing a lot of time into Elden Ring and conscious of, of us recording at this point I didn't want to come back and just say and and actually managed to progress anywhere uh, so I did go back I did take a couple of um, evenings off to do a few few quicker ones um, so I I planned the second Batman Telltale game which is uh, The Enemy Within uh, I, I played the first one last year in our and we, we talked about that in our sort of year, first show on the year roundup um so it's, it's really good fun. It's a it's a telltale game. So I think uh, I think most people know like how it works in terms of like a narrative point and click game where you choose certain outcomes and um, the trophy list tends to be fairly straightforward. Like you just again for the enemy within you just have to finish the game essentially. As long as long as you complete it, you'll you'll get all the trophies on the way there. Um, I quite I quite enjoyed the second Batman. I, I'm not a huge like comics fans, I don't know if this this sort of storyline's been covered. Um, but I liked it. Like to me, it was very different. Like the take on Bruce Wayne and Batman. Don't be wrong, he's obviously, you know, he's, he's still, you know, the Playboy billionaire that you know goes around fighting crime dressed as the Bat. But um, I think that the one of the key ones on this one is that you have a lot of interactions with uh, who's clear the the character they call it John Doe, but it's very clearly going to be the Joker. Anyone, anyone who has you know a rough knowledge of Batman will understand who this character is. But obviously, here they're presenting it that he's basically see someone you meet in the first game, but he you now he's he's basically quite out of Arkham, and you have a lot more interaction with him. Uh, and then a lot of the key moments from the game are around like how you interact with him, so you can treat him as a friend. Um, and like what happens if you do that, and or you can just treat him as something you know, um, in a bit more host, you know, in a bit more hostile manner, and like you know, you don't want to be close to this guy, this you know, this laughing lunatic. Um, and then one thing, so what I really liked is like I don't, I think again, anyone who's kind of played any of the earlier Telltale games probably knows this is like, um, there's a lot of moments where you get key decisions to make, but they don't really change a lot. They might change your line of dialogue here and there. Um, but ultimately all that happens is like yeah it's like you still end up at the same point um, in my playthrough so like I, I was being nice to John Doe I was being friendly and what happens is that um, minor, minor spoilers for the story sorry anyone who's, who's, who's wants to play it um, he basically he's so inspired but he becomes a vigilante himself um, 
but then obviously inevitably being the joke he you know he takes it too far he's far too violent and far too like extreme in his methods so then obviously that becomes um the sort of sticking point of for you know you're trying to reason with him and trying to get him to calm down and i was playing it and i was thinking wow like and the scenarios we were playing through are like so different i was thinking i wonder what happens if you don't be nice to him so again um i could have played through it but again just in just time i went on youtube and yeah and it, it kind of goes the way that the you know the, the comics books and the films normally go so like if you're if you're naked to him he becomes a criminal and the, the what like the levels themselves actually change massively and i think that's really cool i think that's really not like like I say, for most Telltale games, you kind of play the same scenarios no matter what. Like I said, it might just change like who's what characters are there in the background. But this one actually completely cha- like the last sort of the last third of the game, the sort of chapters four and five of the game are completely different depending on how you'd interact in the first few chapters. So I really liked that. I thought that was really cool. Mm. Um, yeah, and then trophy wise, like I said, fairly straightforward the only thing unfortunately for me is that i played the last chapter and the very last trophy for completing that chapter didn't unlock which meant i had to replay the whole thing it was a bit frustrating i didn't really want to it was a bit of like you know another waste of another two hours i didn't i'd rather been playing elden ring um and apparently so it's a known thing it's like it's happened to be i saw again on psn profiles i'd read someone someone had apparently had to replay it six times to get it onto unlock. Oh I, was like, I hope that doesn't happen but yeah fortunately it did unlock the second time um so it's, yeah it's a bit annoying but it didn't it unlike um riddler trophies it didn't dampen my or how much i enjoyed the game so yeah really enjoyed it really like a fairly straightforward platinum for anyone who wants to do that uh and then this other one i i missed, this wasn't initially on my uh list oh yeah sorry i should go back to my my alphabet challenge so that's obviously that covers b for me um the next game uh covers the letter t for me and i was this wasn't actually initially on my list but it came out basically uh, in the time before we, since we last recorded um, and I had played this game previously on PC and I really enjoyed it um, and then when I saw it was coming out finally on PS4 and PS5 I thought I'd give that a go uh, and that was uh, the Stanley Powerball uh, the ultra deluxe version as they call it on the PS4 and PS5 um, this is like a smaller indie game people might not have heard of this before it's um, I think it's developed by like a small like a small team called Crows Crows Crows, um, and it was originally a mod for like Half Life Two on the PC, and then it got its own standalone release uh, back in 2013. So quite quite a while ago. So the console version um, has been coming for a long time, and to sort of try to explain the game, it's it's a first person what I would call a narrative adventure in that. Like it was originally a mod, like I said, it was originally a mod for Half Life Two, so it's played from that sort of first person perspective. But it's, you're not, you're not, um, you don't have a gun. You're not like shooting it. It's not a first shooter. What it is is that you play as this office worker whose life is being narrated, and you can hear the narrator. Um, but basically, it's very, uh, it, it it constantly it's constantly breaking the fourth wall. So it's up to you whether you follow the directions the noise it gives you or not. So he might tell you to like. Um, that Stanley went through the left door, but then you, you might go through a different door instead, and then the narrator will react to your actions and what you did. Um, and it's just really, it's really funny. It's really clever in how it does that. There often be times that you think you've broken something when actually the game had already thought that you might do that, and they'll have a comment about it, or the, or the story will continue in a funny way. Um, yeah, and it's it's a lot of fun. And so when so going back to playing on the console 
so the first half of the game um it looks essentially like the same how I remembered it um and I was kind of like why is this taking so long to um to come out why is it taking nine years I mean part of that is that like I said it originally came out on Valve's source engine um and now it's being ported to Unity so in, so it sounds silly but like actually getting it to look like how it did on the source engine is actually quite an achievement because obviously it's a different engine um so it was taking a lot more work um but then basically once you've like unlocked enough endings in the game it adds a whole bunch of like they literally call it new content um and then it roughly like i said it roughly doubles the size of the game so it's definitely a lot bigger than um, i'd expected uh and the new content like i said it's just as just as good just as funny and, and again it kind of like plays your expectations um, I've actually added this yeah, to wishlist as well, Pete, because I never played it. I never played the original one, um, and I didn't realize I didn't know that you were going to play it. Uh, but I have added it to wishlist at some point to play. Because how long? How long roughly did it take you to get the platinum? Uh, so that's a ha. So that's a, that's a funny one. So to play it and to, there's so the game has multiple endings. Like absolutely, like there's probably endings I haven't discovered that I haven't haven't found. Um, there's at least, like off the top of my head, there's like about 24 endings I can think of. Oh well. And the thing is, and don't be wrong, like to go to play through the game and get like one ending can be really quick and can yeah. take you like five minutes. So like, uh, I'll get to the trophy. There's one. There's a there's a speed one trophy for completing the game in under f- like four minutes and 22 seconds. Um, and there's one you order to get one particular ending, and it does require you to like do a certain route, um, which is quite funny. And again, it's. Do you mean if it was a speed run of like complete this game but in under five hours, that'd be well because I mean, I'm not a fan of speed. Run, so obviously, this is this is so such a short length of time that it's not a big deal. Is it almost like a joke on itself? Like it, it yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, and that's the point. So all of the trophies are kind of uh, cr- like the game itself, kind of crazy fourth wall breaking like meta trophies. So, um, like just some of the highlights for me for like so there's a mentioned speed one there's one trophy that's just called 8888888 and it doesn't tell you what it is it's just the description the description is 8888888 so you're like okay you got to try and work out what that is and that um there's one trophy which i i really enjoyed that it tells you to, to click on a particular door five times um but when you do that the narrator basically admonishes you going did you really think it was going to be that easy no you're going to work for this and then he makes you do all these other crazy stuff um <laughs> which is just a great time he's just like he was like you're not going to get a trophy for five measly clicks and I, yeah it's just um yeah he, he he obviously knew he knew the audience it was great um there's quite a funny one again where it's like it's just called test trophy please ignore and again no no context to like what it means or what you have to do um and it's basically you'll find it in the new content uh, and then, so, to, to your point, Tom, so to complete the game and see all of that and see all the endings, it takes about four to five hours, oh, okay. maybe a bit longer. Not long at all. Like, don't be wrong, um, there's a lot of, like, talking and reading. Um, so, like, you have to be, like, sort of, you know, not not mind that in your games. But like I said, I find it I found it really quite funny and, um, you know, self-deprecating humour, so I, I enjoyed it. Um so there's two trophies that now have already got quite infamous among the trophy hunters. Um, one is called Super Go Outside, which is don't play the Stanley Powerball for 10 years. <laughs> what? So this was that called... Can't be when it first time. came out. That can't be real time, 10 years. Oh, uh, well, so the, so when it first came out on, 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 Val, uh, on Steam, sorry, 
uh, it was originally just called Go Outside, and it was Don't Play This Anywhere for five years. And I remember that. I remember when it first came around that like there were some people who had legitimately got it. They like they had legitimately waited five years, hadn't played the game, and they unlocks. Um, obviously, I've got the platinum, so you can tell unless I've time travelled that <laughs> you can get round it. You can get round it just by what's Elden, the, what's Elden Ring two the, like? Is it any good? <laughs> oh no, they debauched it. It's awful. Uh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes, yeah, so you can fiddle with the, the the clock on the PlayStation and then just pretend it's ten years in the future and, and it unlocks it for you, so you don't have to worry about that. The one you can't you can't alter, and uh, it's a bit unfortunate. Uh, it's called commitment, which is play play the Bible for the entire duration of a Tuesday. So it literally means twenty four hours no. of a Tuesday. You got to be playing the game. So, yeah, it's 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 funny because it's like obviously they were trying to make this as a joke. It's obviously actually kind of badly timed in terms of like here we are in 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 the current sort of energy price hike crisis <laughs> of let's not be wasting energy and here you're asking people to play a game for twenty four hours when it doesn't need it. So do, I mean, remember when me and Chris were talking about Saints Row uh, Four last year of like how annoyed we were that that game made us basically stand idle for five hours for no reason. Mm. Here's a game making you do it for basically essentially 24 hours. Um, and yeah, it's it's important because obviously, like I said, the joke is to, it, it's a joke on itself of like, are you committed enough to do this to get this trophy? Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's not hard to do. It's, uh, and this is the thing. It's like, like I could, I could totally see both sides of the argument here. I could see some trophy hunters going to be like, "This is stupid. This is pointless. This is not." Do you mean there's no sense of achievement to this? It's literally just leaving your console on for for that length of time. You don't do anything. Um, but then there's other people arguing that that's the whole. You know, that's kind of the point. It's like, are you committed? Do you care enough about trophies to do this? Yeah, yeah. Are you committed enough, or or do you not care, or do you think it's a waste of time? Um, like so, as it happens for me practically, I can't. I can't practically do that. It's not something I can't actually leave the way my my setup is. I can't leave the the PS5 on for that long because it's in, kind of like in a cupboard. Um, so what I ended up doing was what you can do. You can do it in stages. So because it says it's the entire duration of a Tuesday. So what you do is again you can play with the clock, um, and like set it to a Tuesday, and set it to like you know midnight. No matter what time you're starting, it set it to midnight on on a mon- Well, I guess on a you know Monday Tuesday, start the game. Do it in like you know however many hours block you can stop. Do stop it, and then when you do it again, set the time to like you know if you go up to like eight eight o'clock in the morning, say on a Tuesday, you go back and set the clock to like eight o'clock, and then start do it again. So Jeez. it lets you do in that, that sort. Of... Oh man, it's a lot, lot, lot fiddling around, but like it's it's at least at least like you could still do it. I mean, that's the thing. If it'd been actually genuinely like no, you have to play for twenty four hours straight on a Tuesday, then I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't be able to do it. Um, it's the on, uh, bafflingly, it's on the it's the on the Tuesday bit that's annoying me the most. Why on a Tuesday? Why, why a Tuesday? I don't know. It's just, just the odds it's of random, humor, I guess. Yeah. Yes, very random. So, I mean, so yeah, I've done it. It's not hard. It's a bit silly. Um, I'll I'll let yeah I'll I'll let the audience decide whether that's you know it's a good it's a good trophy or a bad trophy. Um, but to your point, Tom, I know I've already seen some people that have been like, "Yeah, I'm going to wait for Super Go Outside legitimately." They're like, "Yeah, I'm going to leave it for ten years." Wow, <laughs> so they're, they're probably going to be like PS6 by then. But yeah. hey, that's crazy. They're going to go. For, they're going to go for it. I'm sure that I've seen other games that have got things like that, like play a game on its anniversary of, 
uh, you know, a year later yes. and things well, like that. I mean, yeah, but so Arkham, Batman Arkham City, going back to Batman, famously has one for talking to Calendar Man on certain, certain actual dates, days of the year. And again, you can do a workaround where you just change the clock on the system to be those DDoS dates. But if you want to do it legitimately, you've got to remember to, like, oh, yeah, it's Valentine's Day, I better log in, talk to Calendar Man. Mm. It's, um, it sort of reminds me of what you were just saying there about the, on the, like, the commitment trophy. Um, so I think it was Rock Band, I'm sure it was. And that was playing through the whole set list without pausing the game. Um, and Wayne and I did that. And I think we, we may have started like in the evening, say seven o'clock. And I think we finished at like four in the morning or five in the morning. Wow. And, and it was like just, you know, obviously we needed to go to the toilet. <laughs> and so, you know, you'd be running to the toilet while the other one would try and keep the game going. <laughs> um, and then I think by the end of it, we were just lying there just just strumming away on the guitars and just like oh god i can't believe we're doing this you know what i mean it's just you know absolutely battered uh so yeah that was that was fun um, at least that's got a good memory out of it though for you two yeah whereas pete yeah. just sitting there staring at a screen for 24 hours for <laughs> on a tuesday oh, no, i, I <laughs> <laughs> no i just did the, i like i said i just left it on and people, people, like i wasn't playing it i just left it on during work time and then would, would stop it at certain points yeah Sounds good though. I do like it. I played it on the PC and I enjoyed it. So be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Silly trophies aside, I do. Rec- I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. I think it's a good lot. Yeah, I'll definitely give it a go. I might have to do the uh, workaround trophies like you did. I think. I don't think I could wait for that time. No, hundred percent. I know you got one more game. I think left, uh, Pete. But I'll Tom. I'll come back to you. So uh, what else have you been up to? Yeah. So picking up from last month's show um i did get a platinum and i got the platinum for kina bridge of spirits oh yeah you Um, you were enjoying that last time weren't you absolutely loved it yeah the master mode was um was was brilliant that was the last one i needed to get when we recorded um and not it's not quite as good as yours but it was um it was a 2.4 percent of players got that got that trophy which then unlocked the platinum it's called um master spirit guide and it was a gold one but yeah fantastic couldn't could not uh, recommend that game enough really really enjoyed it and i think you said you might play it chris at some some point i think you, you mentioned you may may give it yeah a yeah it's a, yeah it's on my wish list i think it was on sale last time around for like 17 pounds for the uh deluxe edition or whatever but i didn't pick it up at the time because i got quite a lot to, to play but it's definitely on my wish list to pick up at some point whilst you're talking about that the um the rarity so get, get this actually batman isn't the rarest trophy that i get uh, that I, I own platinum wise so the rarest is for blood and truth that is the rarest platinum trophy but i'm guessing that's down to the fact that it's on psvr as opposed to uh you know so there's not that many people that maybe it may have What's the percentage uh, on that chris uh, so it's four point four six percent apparently, uh, and that is to do. That's what's that on? Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's it's, uh, and then the other one. So the second one is another PSVR game, and that's for Creed: Rise to Glory. So and that's five point three percent, and then you're on to Batman um, after that, which is six. Yeah, so just go on. No, sorry, sorry, Chris. I was just going to say. So like the percentage you're reading are the PSN profile verity. So like the. Uh, for fourth blood and truth, it's 0.3 percent. Ah, of, right. Of PlayStation, then. and so the 0.6 percent was the what you were saying earlier was the was the PlayStation rarity for Batman. Right, got yeah. So there you go. Um, so there you go. That's that's so yeah. Two PSVR games. Um, 
that, that's what I was saying earlier on about you know not many people have got access to PSVR as um, other stuff. But but so so it's worth pointing out. So that's not three percent of people have played the game though. So it's not it's not obviously of like the whole PlayStation like everyone owns a PlayStation. It's everyone who's played the game still. Oh okay. Yeah. So you're still so in you're a still higher, yeah. higher bracket there. Yeah. 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 Oh, awesome. Cool. Um, but now Kina, I do like the look of it and. Um, I will be picking that up at some point. So uh, that's, I think, what, you know, we said this before, haven't we? You know, it just it, it's good to chat to each other in, like, this kind of context because we, we end up picking things up uh, that we like the sound of from each other. So, but in, in the end, I know you were struggling a little bit with that or it was difficult, but yeah. was it as tough as mm. you thought it was going to be? Um, it got to, there was one boss in particular that was the the, the 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 final boss is a multiple amount of phases but there's no checkpoint so if you die you go back right the way back to the beginning but once I'd sort of sussed um, once I got to the final boss area I don't want to do I'm trying to do this without any spoilers there are it, it once I survived long enough to realise there was a way of doing it that would keep me alive longer. I'm trying to be very vague, but basically, yeah, it was a real struggle and a real test of skill up until uh, all the way up until the last boss. But it is doable. I wouldn't say it was like you know, you're not gonna um, get frustrated by it enough to not go for the plat. I don't think personally, but yeah, it was definitely a good challenge. So not like Sifu, no, uh, no, challenging, no, no. not to that point, no. I, personally, I didn't think. Um, but speaking of Sifu, just on a side note, that's got uh, an, up, an update, hasn't it, with the different uh, difficulty levels? So I'll probably go back to that at some point before the end of the year to make it easier or more difficult. Oh, I want it to be harder when I go for that platinum trophy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I'll Fair. be saying. That's that's what I'll be saying on the podcast come December anyway when uh, Wayne's deciding our hardest ranks <laughs> who's got the hardest <laughs> trophies of the year. Oh, bring it on, bring it on. Cool. Um right, so I'll jump in. Well, actually no, go because you've got a couple of extra little bits, haven't you, uh Tom? Do you want to talk about those briefly? Oh yeah, well these are well they are me playing them but there's more about us playing them so we I think something that we've realised collectively is that by doing the podcast I mean we love doing the show I'd say we correct me if I'm wrong but we love doing the show together each month now I hate it I'm only putting it on my face I absolutely I can't stand being here I think I want to come around my mum and dad's house once a month to do this you know and laugh Um, no we genuinely are we love doing this here, but also I think we realise that there are quite a few games out there that are co-op or, or even team-based co-op that we could once every now and then jump in together and try and get a, a group platinum, which would be quite fitting for the for the podcast. And also it means that we don't we can just sort of have a have a chat and a and a bit of fun on the side um, away from the podcast as well. So we we jumped into this wasn't for trophies this was just because we spoke about it last time but we all jumped into Fortnite, didn't we to try the no build uh, mode that they've put into that now and that was a really good night i mean i know i'm not going to take away the shine from i'll let you you describe or pete the man himself describe what we saw but um we i don't think we came out of the top we think we played for two hours and i think we were never outside the top five 
and um, and we got I think three wins or three or four wins, which was brilliant. But one of those wins, I mean, do you want to describe it, Chris? Because Pete won't Pete won't big himself up enough. I think it'd be better if you describe what happened. Yeah, I think you should give it a go. No, to be fair, I mean, you know, I um. I'm all right at Fortnite, you know. I, I I'm not great at it. I'm definitely not a builder or anything like that. And that's why why the, the no build kind of suits me. But uh, yeah, it, it, Pete was on just on another level. <laughs> I think with everything uh, in terms of the just, I think we, I think to, to be fair, he, you know, he didn't say this at the time, but he probably just used us as a, as a distraction and cannon fodder. Uh, <laughs> while he, he he sort of uh, picked people off and, but no, the, I think the final game, I mean, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure he was like, it was three to one or two to one and, yeah, and they were surrounding him. It was getting closer. There was like, you know, the circle was like right there. It was really tight. Um, and we'd been taken out and, and he was on his own. And he, he he took all three out, and I was just like, like, I mean, I knew he was he was good at games, but God, just like I felt really um, <laughs> inferior. Don't get me wrong. I'm, inferior. I'm so surprised I managed it. <laughs> I'm so surprised I managed it. I think it's I think the pressure of knowing you guys were watching just made me like you know really sit up and take notice. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't don't trust me. Like, there's been, I've been plenty of fights in Fortnite where it's just like a simple one on one, and I've lost spectacularly so there's yeah to come out of a 3v1 and, and come out on top was yeah was surprising to myself as well I, yeah, I've never I'd... seen anything like it it was no. it, genuinely it was amazing it was amazing to watch I if I were you Pete I'd have recorded that gameplay and put it on Twitter or something I know uh, I, that because uh, I, I did that with yeah. my daughters every, every now and then they'll get like um, a victory royale and and so I'll press the share play button and it'll like record the last 30 seconds or a minute of the clip which is awesome. I, I love the fact that it does that. You know, it's very cool. Just so they can they can watch it back and appreciate it. But yeah, oh, that would have been amazing. Absolutely. I, I actually kind of kicked him with it. I, I didn't. I think the adrenaline was still <laughs> rushing through and I was still like, yeah, celebrating our win. I forgot to do it. But yeah. But that was the was very last game of the night as well. And uh, it's it's cool. It's a, it's a really good mode. And the thing is, because um, usually we play split screen or my daughters play split screen so I'll watch it and I don't you don't appreciate how pretty that game actually looks mm. in full screen it's a really nice looking game particularly on the PlayStation 5 and I'm not sure if it's got the um the ray tracing turned on I, I don't know if you can turn that on and off manually cuz I know the PC version's got it but cuz I've not really looked in the menus but it is a pretty game it really is um it's amazing now that that game is you know <laughs> I remember we were talking about it years ago, and it didn't, I don't think it had any of this kind of stuff. It was more about like the save the world stuff, you know, fighting zombies, mm. or whatever. And now it's evolved into this. It's and it's still going. It's but the thing is, it's a really fun, addictive game. I think it's the battle pass that that keeps it going. You know, it's the longevity of that, and because uh, the game doesn't fundamentally really change. Well, I suppose it kind of does, doesn't it, with this no build? But yeah, it's it's a good fun game. Yeah, I think that we all walked away from from it thinking that the no build was definitely more enjoyable than than previously with the building. Yeah, no, it's very good, very good. Um, and then back for blood, you um, you've been played, you played a little bit of that. Unfortunately, we missed each other, so I think you, Wayne, and Pete had a game, and then I could didn't make it, and then Wayne's not been able to make it. So we've not been able to actually play all four of us together. Well, that will happen one day uh, when the stars align. But uh, yeah, I think that's what you were talking about. Maybe our sort of joint platinum venture. Yeah, I, don't know. I think oh, so. God, I don't know. If that's given me 
cold sweat <laughs> thinking about playing that on Nightmare. It's, oh, God. But I think that's kind of like quite nice that we can sort of, dip, you know, even if it takes us forever, we can dip in and out of that. Um, and like you said, if there's a few of us available to do it, we can give it a go. And then hopefully at some point we'll get all four of us together to, to do it. But yeah, I think that uh, as long as everyone's up for it, I think that would be something that we can just sort of here and there we can update people on how we're getting on with that on the show um but yeah we started back for blood yeah that could potentially be our call of duty ghosts if we if we just have enough if we get ourselves together and and we play it because that's got the potential i think for, for for doing that where you you know you fight and you strive and you struggle to get to the end and then you finally do it um and it's just like a proper like yeah moment kind of you know but it's it's going to be tough on Nightmare, so um, no we'll doubt about that. We'll be fine, we'll be fine. Cool. Um, right, so I'll jump in next if that's okay, and then um, Pete can round us off. So I, on the back of, um, I think, well, it's actually your recommendation, Tom, and Wayne's, but I don't think Wayne platinumed it. Uh, so I've been playing Death's Door uh, and actually got the platinum trophy on it as well. So this is an indie title. Um, I know... Tom, you described it in a fair amount of detail, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but my own impressions of it's an isometric game, which um, I didn't really know much about this until uh, I, I started playing it. So I wasn't expecting that. And I like isometric games because they kind of remind me of, of games that I used to play when I was uh, was younger because isometric games used to be sort of quite popular. Um, and yeah, so you play as a little bird and... Um, Again, the plot sort of story went over my head a little bit. Something to do with death, obviously, because it's Death Store, and um, going into different worlds and time stopping and um, and <laughs> sort of stuff, uh, I, you know. But in terms of the core gameplay, so um, you have got different attacks. Uh, I don't say different attacks. You've only really got one attack where you can just smash things um you've got different weapons but you can roll um, you can parry uh, attacks that come towards you um and the controls feel really good feel really tight it's got a nice style i like the you know you, you go to this kind of agency where you work and it's all black and white and then you go into different worlds and as doors open as you unlock things it's got that kind of i suppose zelda-y style in as much as that you can get different weapons which give you access to different areas um you know and the whole metroidvania thing so you can pick up like bombs which blow up walls that you can access later on and then you've got hooks hook shot which you can use to attach you to get to different things and you get uh, a fire arrow which can burn stuff and you know all, that thing, all those types of different things so but you only gain access to those as you go along um so it took it's about 15 and a half hours i think it took me to get the platinum trophy on it and um gameplay wise enjoying it um i think it, for me if i was scoring it i'd probably give it it's pushing it's a seven pushing eight out of ten kind of game in as much as that um it's it's really fun and enjoyable the gameplay and the mechanics are good the one criticism i got of it was the environments a little bit because they 
they are they do differentiate them they, they so you've got four areas that you can explore which there's different bosses so and you go and you explore those areas and so there's like a a swampy area because the main boss is a frog and then you've got a witch who lives in a you know a big house and so there's different areas and so exploration is key with the game you know you do need to explore different things because there's collectibles that you can pick up there's shiny things it actually calls them shiny things which don't really add a great deal to the to to the story at all not not that i found anyway um and then there's seeds which you pick up which uh you then plant in a pot which is found usually somewhere else uh and they give you access to when if you get hurt i think you can start is it three or four health bars you get i think it's four yeah and so you can take four hits and then if you take your fourth hit then you know you die um but those will replenish your, your health so you can pick those up and there's 50 of them um, dotted around the, the different levels. Then the shrines as well. So uh, they uh, can increase your health and they can also increase your, they call it, I suppose, magic ability, which is like your, your weapons, uh, your, you know, your fire, your bombs and your hook shot and whatever. Um, so those are hidden, fairly well hidden. But like, so you, And you have to find four of those to unlock one extra bar of health. I think there's 16 in total of those to find. So exploration is key. And even then, some of the more stuff that's well hidden, you, you know, you're possibly going to struggle to find it. Um, so one of the platinum trophies is to use only an umbrella in the game, um, which is the weakest weapon of all, because it's an umbrella, <laughs> you know. So, um, And then there's different weapons you can find. Um, I think you start off with a general sword, and then you can find other things like a hammer or an axe and daggers, um, which, again, are fairly well hidden, but you can find them. Um, so, and this, this is going back to, I think, probably what I was saying in the last episode about, you know, when do you get to a point where you're playing a game for the Platinum... That it starts to become a pain because it it hampers your uh, power. So you know you, you have to use a specific item so that it makes you weaker effectively. And I think I, I I did get quite annoyed with this. It was only until I started to level up my character a little bit in terms of my ability and power and strength because I was using a weaker weapon. It took me longer to kill enemies. Um, and so you you know like I said you can roll and you can do a charged up attack and then you can roll and do a, a dash attack and then you can fire your bombs at people as well but they don't necessarily always kill them because you have to upgrade those as well so you can find things to upgrade you get souls for um, killing enemies which you then use to buy different abilities like say uh, um, increase your strength increase your agility increase your dexterity and various other things and that just scales up so you know it starts off you need 400 souls to un unlock something then it'll be 800 souls then it'll be 1200 then it'll be 1600 or whatever um so there were points in it where i didn't feel like i had to grind particularly although i did just to be able to unlock a little bit of extra strength to be able to fight enemies because you do come across bosses and and they will mess you up um in terms of, so it's like i said when i got to a point where i was thinking oh, I'm, I'm i'm not really I'm not, I'm not enjoying it i did enjoy it but it was frustrating frustrating using just this crappy weapon just to get the platinum trophy and i suppose yeah you can do it in two playthroughs but i didn't really want to do that if i'm being perfectly honest with you so um i did manage it in the end 
the final boss was a pain in the backside um, because I think, like you said about Kina, it's in stages, mm-hmm. and some of the stages you don't actually fight it. You just have to dodge things, and you have to, and then you move on to something else. And so, when if you did die, like I did, it will then take you back to the beginning. So you have to do all the dodging again. You have to go through all that, and just think, oh God Almighty! So um, I went off and I found the shrines that gave me an extra bar of health, so that when I did get hit and lose energy when I was fighting the main boss, at least I didn't die. You know, and I could carry on. Um, so one thing, if you are going to go for the Platinum Trophy, be mindful of that. It can be a little bit frustrating. The, so the environments look a little bit similar as well, even though they do try and differentiate them. Because you can, I found that I was getting a little bit lost because it, the sense of exploration is good because like when you do unlock new areas, it, you know, it's fine when you're kind of moving forward. Yeah. But when you, have to back, when you have to backtrack to find things, like, for example, the seeds, that's the other thing. So... Uh, you get a, pl- a trophy for finding all and planting all 50 of the seeds. And I think I didn't count them exactly because I didn't keep track of them as I was going along. But I think I got about 47 of them. And then I used a guide to find the rest of them. But because there are so many of them, you don't know which what, where, where they are kind of, you know, because there's, there's these different doors and different parts of the level. The one thing it does tell you is that if, uh, which is quite quite useful is that there's like a red sheen behind a door so that you'll know that there's something there, whether that can, that could be a shrine or it could be a collectible or it could be a, um, a seed or a weapon or something. So you kind of at least can narrow it down a little bit. But I was getting a bit frustrated with the last one, the last seed, because I wasn't exactly sure. I think there's two actually. Now, there is a character that you meet and um, at the end of the game, he will give you hints. He won't tell you exactly where they are, and he'll still be a little bit ab- obscure about where they are, but he'll give you a hint as to where where these things are, so at least you can narrow it down, so when you are looking at a video, you can go through them. But yeah, I found I was getting a little bit lost when I was backtracking, um, and, and then also, when you die... <laughs> I don't know whether it does it just to troll you, because you know in a Dark Souls game, there are similarities to Dark Souls games with this, um, but... That when you you when you die in a Dark Souls game, it says you died. It's, it's almost like an up yours. This just goes like a massive screen death or something <laughs> like that. I was like, I could do without that every time I die because I was dying quite a lot, and it was just like the game's just p- taking the piss now. It's just it's just trolling me, and I don't want it. I just so just stop it, please. But um, so no, overall an enjoyable game. Um, uh, you know, like I said, a relatively short one. Although I must admit, when I looked at the time at the end of it, and it was like 15 and a half hours, it felt longer. And I think that's probably because uh, 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 towards the end of it, I was probably getting a bit frustrated. In terms of the story, like I said, some of it went over my head. In fact, most of it went over my head. And then the to get the true ending, as it calls it, um, you have to do certain things within the game with certain characters. There is no way I think I'd have ever figured that out if I hadn't followed a guide. I don't know about you, Tom. No, I followed, I followed like you. I followed a guide as well. I'd have just been like, I there's, there's no way I'd have figured this out. No way in hell. I, it's just it's too obscure. I just wouldn't have done it. So um, if if you know, thank God for guides. But um, no, if, overall, you know, fun, enjoyable, a nice ca- uh, palate cleanser, I guess. You know, to move away from Batman. But I think I'm probably ready for a big game now. Like I said, to to mix things up a little bit so there you go um but yeah those are my tips like i said if you can't try keep keep track of the seeds because that can be a bit of a pain um so anyway 
Uh, and also, you can pick up a shot. One of the shiny things is a trowel, and that's I suppose so. If it does uh, give you a bit of a hint, if you go into a world or a level, if there's a seed there, it will shine blue. So at least you know that there's something there to look for. So that's another little tip. But there you go. Um, right, back to you, Pete. Yeah, it's the final one for me. It's it'll be a fairly quick one. So it does. This game doesn't have a platinum. So it's just another 100% um, trophy achievement. Uh, so because it hasn't got plan, I'm not including it as part of my alphabet challenge for the year. Um, but this was Lego's, Lego Builder's Journey on the PS5. Never heard of this um, game. No, Never. I've not heard of this either. Yeah, so I, uh, I had heard of it just because... So this is uh, a puzzle game. It's developed by... a. a a development team called Lightbrick Studio, who are not Traveller's Tales, so it's not like the the sort of Lego games most people are probably familiar with. Um, it's not one where you're controlling, you know, the characters themselves directly, uh, and like have you know an, an action orientated. Like I said, this is a puzzle game. What is this? It's it's obviously Lego. It's um, it, it it has a, like an isometric viewpoint, um, which actually kind of strange reminds me of. Um, Captain Toad's Treasure Tracker. If anyone's played that, yeah. it's kind of like you have. So, so that's the sort of idea where you have a level, and he's got that sort of viewpoint. You don't, you can't rotate the sort of land as much as in Captain Toad. So it's not, it's not a thing of like you're rotating around to try and see where little secrets are. Um, it's more just to to see where you're placing blocks. And that's, and sorry, and that's the sort of key thing to it. So unlike the the Traveler's Tales games, you're not controlling the characters directly. You're controlling, you're moving certain blocks around in the environment. Um, not all of the blocks. So, it's, so obviously, it's Lego. Everything's made out of Lego, and it's very, it's a very pretty game. It's, um, it's made a point of like the PS4, and you can turn on ray tracing, and it makes it very, look very nice. All sort of the the blocks look like as goddamn near authentic as you can imagine. Shiny. A Lego game would look. Yeah, exactly, and they have a nice sheen to them. Um, and like the you know the actual environments are very sort of like they're in they're animated well, so like water will sort of ripple, you know, like. Even though it's clearly made of those sort of translucent blue Lego blocks you get, but it's like clearly meant to be water and so on. It looks, you know, it's, it's very well done. Um, and like, so what you do is, like I said, you move certain blocks to, um, to like to control where the characters go. And generally, most of the levels are like basically moving one character from A to B. Um, so they're not named. Basically, there's, there's clearly meant to be like a father and a son character, and most of the time you're moving the son character. And it's usually just to follow the father, um, and it'll be like, yeah. So the father goes up, and it you know goes up a little hu- a hill, and the hill sort of crumbles behind him. So you have got to rebuild the hill so the sun can get back up here. Things like that. Um, and it's it's really nice. It's really relaxing at first. Um, what what happened fortunately with yourself is that um, I had heard of it because it was originally developed for. Apple Arcade, so it was, it was an iOS exclusive to their like um, mobile gaming subscription service. Um, unfortunately, what's happened here is that they've kind of ported it with the same control scheme, which means that one the the cross button, the X button, does everything. So it's like to pick up a block, you hold X; to spin the block, you press X; to place the block, you hold X. And it's it's kind of bog it's kind of baffling to me because it's just like i get why you've made it simple when it's a mobile game but now you've ported it to a different system 
that has multiple buttons available to you, why on earth wouldn't you take you know utilize them? Yeah. Um. And again, I'd imagine in the touchscreen, it's probably you can probably be quite precise with like I want to put the block there. But for here, you've got to use the analog stick or the D-pad to kind of like moving around. And it's very fiddly, kind of like the isometric viewpoint kind of makes it a bit harder because it's like, it's that classic thing of like, if you press up, which way is that going to go? Does that go up where, as in on the screen or does it go north, if that makes sense, yes. depending on how you look at it? Um, so it gets really kind of like, at first it doesn't matter. It's like I said, it's, it's a fairly slow paced puzzle game, so it doesn't matter. But then later on, they'll add, they actually start adding like time um, limitations. So it's like, you have to cross like I think it's like a mud field, so you have to time it to like the if you put a block as soon as you put a block down, it will start sinking. So you kind of have to like time it and do it, and that just wound me up. It's just like it was just way too fiddly and annoying than it should be. Um, and it's not even like I don't know, but I don't, I'm calling it a puzzle game. Obviously, the puzzle in itself is usually from like how you, you you've got limited number of blocks and you've got to rebuild something. That's what that's sort of like Lego you know manipulation of like oh how can i do this when it's like you just need to place blocks but you just got to do it in a, in a certain time or the, the, the block sinks you got to do it again it's just annoying mm. um and then like later on some of the later puzzles are like they introduce like um i don't it's hard to describe it's like a like you start off with like a one by one block which is like a little block and then when you place it it'll spawn a block next to it and, it, and they combine together so it'll form a, like a two by one block and you place that down again, you'll form a four by four, and so on, and then so you can make bigger blocks. Trouble is, like, for whatever reason, I would put a block down, and then somehow, like, the control, even without me doing it, they would move on to a different block. So then I'd press it, and then I'd pick up this other block. Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. So I'd put it back down, but then by putting it back down, it'd start creating another block, and then that might form into another block. I'm just like, I didn't want that. And it, just, it was just getting really, like, annoying to the point of, like, well, there's no need for it, it to be this annoying. Mm. It's a real pity. So it's like, um, trophy wise, you just—it's very straightforward. You just have to complete the game. I can't—I don't recall how many levels there were, but it took me about I don't know, four hours again, roughly. And it's—I guess this like whether it's worth playing will hinge on how much you like Lego. Like I wasn't actually having fun of it. I enjoyed it. By the end of it, I was generally like, the you know, I was like kind of annoyed of it, and I was like kind of happy it finished and I could could, could move on from it. Which I think is a pity because, like I said, like you know, I like Lego enough that I thought it was really pretty and I liked the idea of it, but I just don't get why they didn't. You know, just a few simple changes to the control scheme would make it so much better. Do you think you would have enjoyed it more um, if you played it on the you know on touch screen so that it was more accurate for your controls? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. I think it's just yeah, maybe it's just a thing of it was designed for mobile and it just bring you over to a console isn't like necessarily the best. But I think the other thing as well, unfortunately, is that. Uh, I'd have to double check the price, but I think it's quite expensive. Like for what it is, for like I said, for like four hours, I don't think I think it's like twelve quid or something. I might I, I might be mis- misremembering, but I don't think it's worth that. It's like even you know like you know mobile games they're like what two three quid sort of thing at most, mm. if not you know much cheaper. And for for that sort of price point, that would be fine. But like yeah, not not for that price. Hmm. Sounds interesting though. I mean, like you said, it's it's a little bit different. I like the captain. Toad's treasure tracker reference because look, just looking at a quick screen sh- screenshot now, I, I totally get that reference. I, I it's I think it's fifteen ninety nine um, on PlayStation. Yeah, fifteen pounds ninety nine. So yeah, I, I'd be hard pressed to recommend it at that price. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
Awesome. I think. Is that all our games? Is that what we've been doing? think so that's it. that's it for me cool um now wayne has sent us some stuff but i'm not going to go through it now because we haven't got time um but sorry wayne uh but um let's move on to our fantasy league we alluded to it earlier on poor old wayne <laughs> he's been having a bit of a rough time of it hasn't he so um pete do you want to give us an update on this yeah sure so very i think very it was literally like a few days after we recorded, wasn't it? Last time, um, the Nintendo came out and officially announced that they were going to delay Breath of the Wild 2 into 2023. I don't think it was a huge shock, but then, so this was Wayne's, I think it was Wayne's first choice of game, wasn't it? Yes, it was his first choice game. So obviously that came as a big blow to him. Uh, and Tom had picked that as his counterpick. So both Wayne and Tom get zero for that. And Wayne can't, can't drop it because Tom had picked it. Um, but then to really you know stick the knife in and twist it <laughs> it was obviously the, the just the just recently announced um news that both starfield and redfall have been delayed in 2003 again i mean personally speaking i didn't believe for ever that it was gonna hit the november date that they originally no. promised i was like we haven't seen any of it it's bethesda game they, they, you know, they, 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 they've been hyping it so long, and the fact that we've seen so little, it just made me feel like it was never going to hit that date. Um, and that seems to be unfortunately being confirmed. Uh, so yeah, so just, and then that was Wayne's second choice of game this year. So just having having both first and second choice being being locked off and scoring zero for it, it's just yeah, just not a great time for Wayne. He does, it did mean he could drop. He also had Redfall on his in his pick, so he does mean he could drop that for free. So he's now got a slot free to pick something. Um, but yes, what what's he going to choose? He's the only one now with a slot free. It, yeah, um, and looking at the release schedule for later on this year, I mean, it's unless something is announced. I mean, there's no no E3 this year, is there? I know um, Xbox have got, and I think it's an hour and a half presentation to. Uh, um, show off some stuff which you know you'd expect that they were going to show off a bit of Starfield there but because I agree with you I mean the fact that they've not shown anything at all in terms of gameplay is is quite uh, stark really but um, yeah so I mean the, the release schedule is relatively light I think personally for the rest of this year I mean so it's like everything is so front loaded with massive games um, unless God of War comes out but then i mean you i think you've already picked that haven't you um yeah so that's exactly this one i've got and and to your point because i agree, agree i like i'm really struggling to see what game would now be elden ring to be game of the year um both both for our defense league score and just in you know, my general preference um i have to be actually i think Ragnarok's a bit of an unfortunate one where it's like I kind of agree if it's coming out this year I feel like we should have seen more of it by now it, the fact the silence on it does it does seem quite unfortunate and I'm kind of hoping it does still make it but who knows mm-hmm. I think a few of us are going to get some big fat zeros aren't we for uh, for a few <laughs> of our picks that are still yet to be announced but yeah like you said I think unless something big comes from like the Summer Games Fest or um, the Game Awards like right at the last minute at the end of the year but like again you would have thought by now they'd be ramping up um publicity and getting people hyped for anything else that's going to be released this year so i think wayne might have to gamble on probably a i don't know like an unknown maybe an indie or something that's going to come out potentially that could be i could, could see maybe an, an indie game that's going to set the world light that he might get but other than that oh, poor wayne i think he might be struggling there mm. 
Yeah. So how how have we been doing? Um, I think been fairly steady. I think. Yeah. So obviously, like I think, like you said, Chris, it's the the release schedule has is quietening down definitely. Um, and there's definitely quite a few games that we've got that are still sort of like you know are meant to be coming this year, but we don't know. We haven't heard got firm dates. So like, uh, so like, the second half of the year could be either lucrative for us or could be very quiet. We don't know. Uh, some others sort of small updates. So the Stalker two was delayed um indefinitely due to you know the, the conflict in ukraine so you got you managed to drop that chris um and then you also had like another slot three at the t- last time we recorded so you've picked up f122 uh and xenoblade chronicles 3 yeah so um with stalker 2 i thought because it was already that was delayed already that was due to come out in december and i thought there's the way things are going i can't see that coming out this year if i'm being honest i think it'll probably be delayed until next year now because it was it was already delayed um unless anything drastic happens i just can't see it coming out so and yeah i did what wayne did last year and i've gone for loads of nintendo properties uh because you know nintendo is usually a sign of a, a you know a decent scoring game so yeah i thought why not and i'm happy that splatoon 3 has been announced as well and given a date so hooray and f1 were you in you fan of f1 no not at all but last year i think he got a good score so um yes decided yeah. to go for that i think you picked that didn't you i think you i'm sure you had it i did so yeah it was it was actually a bit of a gamble last year it was it's like you said like the year before we had got good reviews and then that was the first one i think that had been developed for the the, the what was then the next gen consoles so i i had high hopes for it and he did yeah he did fairly well on the reviews of course the troubles with a yearly installment is kind of like hit or miss of whether it will get panned for being too similar to last year or will it get praised for changing things up who knows mm. It'd be an interesting one um and then for tom's tom's side he tom dropped atomic heart which i must admit i've already forgotten what on earth that was i can't even remember what that was it was like a basically like it looked like bioshock sort of um style game but then i just uh it's a panic pick i think and then i yeah i thought i'd just drop it okay and then i guess kind of similar to chris you've, you've gone for two uh nintendo properties like mario Strikers battle league and monster hunter vice sunbreak yeah again after wayne <laughs> after wayne going <laughs> nintendo and getting good scores with nintendo games it kind of like it was a bit those were what i would call a bit more safe they were like the safer bets. Yeah, there's a Mal- yeah, Mario Strikers is coming out pretty. Actually, they're both coming out pretty soon, aren't they? Yeah, I think next couple of it's next couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then moving on to to reviews and score wise. So Chris, you've had two more games scored since we last scored. So you had Kirby and the Forgotten Land, which got uh, an open critic score of eighty five. Yep. Uh, and uh, Moss Book 2, which I know we both quite enjoyed the first game on VR, and it's got an open creative score of 84. Yep. Both, both decent scores in the 80s. Yep, solid. I, I'm looking forward to trying it. Moss Book 2. Um, I managed to get a review code for it, so we'll be doing, ah, nice. doing a review of that at some point in the near future. Yeah, nice. So currently as it stands, you've got eight of your games have been scored. You've got a total of 98. Of course, you still have the, the, the highest score of of any one singular game with Elden Ring, uh, so you're averaging twelve point three points per game, which is pretty good. Pretty good going. In fact, I think it's the highest of of all of us at the moment. So definitely in good shape. Yep. Uh, Tom, uh, you got three scores. You got uh, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. The Sky- yeah, blah, 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 blah. Skywalker Saga. I can't get my words out. Uh, got an open credit score of eighty two. 
uh, Ghostwire Tokyo got an overcreated score of 77, and Tiny Tina's Wonderland's got an overcreated score of 79. Mm, not great. Not 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 when as great as Chris's numbers, is it really? I'm still no, not what you're hoping. Not what I was hoping. No, I mean it was always going to be a bit of a gamble. With I was hoping that Ghostwire would be something that it wasn't, uh, or it didn't end up being. Um, and yeah, and the other two, I thought I thought Lego would score higher. The, I thought the Skywalker, yeah, Star would score higher than that. If I'm being honest, and Tiny Tina's Wonderland again, that was a little bit of a. Um, a bit of a gamble, gamble to see how that would do, um, and I, I think it was received pretty relatively well, but it's just not really reflected in a, in a, in a big score. So, hey ho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of agree with that as well. Like, I, I must admit, I'm not too familiar with the Lego games. I haven't played a whole lot of them, but I thought the Skywalker Saga one looked looked really good. It seemed to be getting really positive previews. I thought I thought it was going to get a higher score than that. So I'm not sure what the the sort of what might have brought the score down a bit. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't know, again, because I, I didn't hear much negative feedback about it, so yeah, it'd be interesting to know, but still still points on the board, and who knows, anything can happen between now and the end of the year. Still more than zero. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep, so uh, as of now, you've got seven games scored, and a total of 55, which is how it's... it's seems like an unfairly low average you've got an average of 7.9 but the key point here is that you've got both of your counter picks successfully through at zero um which means you're, you're in a good place for that obviously everyone else we still run the risk of uh, a counter pick getting a negative score and bringing our score down but you you've you've managed to do well, this is the thing i'm just sitting here quietly waiting you know it's tortoise in the hair tortoise in the hair just wait till yeah. wait till december well, that's the thing, see, because I've picked uh, Saints Row and Sports Story as my counter picks. So um, Saints Row could get, go either way. It could be uh, an absolute disaster, or it could just, you know, because <laughs> it's the first one for a while and the first one on the new consoles. Uh, it could be uh, really, really good. So who knows? I could lose points on that. Sports Story, I thought that's just going to be an average one, so I probably will lose a few, but I can't see I'm going to lose massive amounts. What is so that on? Cri- what is Sports Story? I don't know if I know what it is. So, so, the, so yeah, as I'm both of Chris's counterpicks are my choices. So Sports Story is the sequel to Golf Story, which was like an indie game. It first came out on Switch. I think it has been ported to other to other systems now. I, I personally really enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really fun and clever. So Sports Story is just like... It's basically the same sort of. It's like, it's almost like an RPG game that's based around sports rather than being a pure sports game. Okay. Um, but the whole point is like they're, they're extending out to like it doesn't just it's not it's now multiple sports. It's like golf and I think like tennis and other things. The the only trouble is is that like the guy said I think the the it's, it's kind of like one of those indie games where it's developed by like one guy and he said it was meant to be out like a year ago and he's not said anything <laughs> since. So it's a bit of a worry of like will it actually come out? Um, and then. Uh, yeah, Saints Row. Like, I I agree. I totally agree with Chris. My my kind of reasoning behind it is that like, I quite enjoyed what they showed. They've kind of, yeah. I think I think it's it's kind of skirting a fine line between serious looking but ultimately quite wacky in terms of like customization and the storylines. Um, I think, I don't know. I my feeling around it is just that with GTA Five being so long in the tooth now, and don't get me wrong, it's still really popular. But I actually thought that like people might be quite interested in a new style of that you know mm. open world crime yeah. game like that yeah 
Um, so I thought he might do well with that. Yeah, I think it'll do relatively well sales wise, but I think just scores wise, it it all de- mm. it all depends really, doesn't it? They've, so they've got a, the, the thing is, how are they going to go about it? Are they going to go down the route of, like you said, a sort of semi-serious crime drama where you have to, you do have to use vehicles, or they're going to go down the Saints Row Four where vehicles are rendered pointless because you're a superhero essentially, aren't you? You know, so I don't know. I haven't seen anything of it, so I don't know. Um, yeah, then I've only had one game scored, and this is like I'm honestly joking. This isn't me trying to like humble brag. Like this is actually a surprise to me. So like I, you've you've heard me talk about it in the platinum games already, but I I picked the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe as one of my my games for the fantasy league as well. And like I said, I I chose that as like um like a favorite of mine. I wasn't even thinking it would do necessarily well, but I was like, oh, I really like that game. It's coming out on console. I'll pick that. Why not? Um, so this actually got this has gone over critic score of ninety one, which is like the second. It's utterly nuts, isn't it? It's like the second highest score after Elden Ring of all the games we've picked so far, um, which you know got me a healthy like twenty-two points nice. onto my scoreboard. Um, yeah, it must. Be, I, I honestly thought you'd get around the eighties. I thought it'd be like a comfortable source, like you know, high seventies, eighty maybe. To get that high, I'm really surprised. It, it's. Ve- I do think it's very much an indie darling. Don't we like? Don't be wrong. You've heard me say how much I enjoy it, but I totally accept that it's not exactly mainstream. I can't see it loads of people going out and buying it and playing it and I, even, I imagine there will be people who might even go out and play it and you know, say it's not for them and find it like I don't know grating or pretentious but I, I enjoyed it yeah so yeah and it ended up being a really good pick as well um, so as it stands I've got six games scored so it's the least out of all of us so far so I've definitely got a lot still waiting on a lot more releases um, but I've got total 63 uh, which is kind of like an average of ten and a half but which again is it's fair you know not as high as Chris but I have, do have one counter pick at zero which Chris has obviously still waiting on both his counter picks and then finally for Wayne yes um, we've, we've gone over the delays fortunately I've, I've mentioned he's already he's managed to drop red four now so he does have one slot free to pick something the only game that came out has got a score since then is like was Weird West um, which got an overgrade score of 76 uh, I thought that was done well. about 76 is low yeah, I, as well. Yes, I agree. I again I, I accept that I didn't know much about it, but what I had sort of seen in previous seemed really positive, like seemed quite um well regarded. So yeah, it does seem to unfortunately when it actually came out something dragged it down. Um I know it was it wasn't game pass, I don't know if again unfortunately when I hear to chat about it, I don't know if he's actually had a chance to play himself. Um but yeah, but as it stands, he's got nine games because unfortunately he's got the two zeros. He's got nine games scored, but and he's got a total of seventy-two, which means he's got and only got an average of eight point zero. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the thing is, though, I suppose, like if if he does end up coming last, then he'll get first pick next year. So, yeah. um, but the thing is, will yeah. he pick Starfield? That's the thing, isn't it? Because Breath a few, of the Wild. Or, all Breath of the Wild. What will he go Ooh, for yeah, first? That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it'll be so then. Ring situation. Yeah, you can't pick both of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's coming out though? Because uh, again, I think the release dates and the schedule is is thinning out a little bit, well, as it generally does, but coming up to the summer months as well. But uh, what we got coming up? Yep. So only, well, as of as of recording, the only confirmed games um, that we've got coming in May is Sniper Elite Five. Um, I think you you chose this, Chris, didn't you? Yep. 
I thought Sniper Elite Four was very good, um, and so I'm, you know, I'm hoping that Sniper Elite Five will be an improvement on that. And not, well, I mean, you say it was a really good game anyway, so um, I'm not sure what the Metacritic was on Sniper Elite Four. I'll just have a quick look. I know it's open critic, but um, just yeah, as a general kind of gauge, oh, it got 77 it's on Metacritic. So yeah, I think it'll be solid. It'll it'll get me some points. Nice. Uh, and then yeah, uh, that's like I said, that's for May. June looks like a it's going to be a strong month for Tom. He's got Mario Strikers, um, Cuphead, Delicious Last Course, and obviously we know we know Cuphead and how well regarded that is. Uh, and then Monster Hunter Rise, Sunbreak. Um, we've it's got it down here. You've also got Stray coming out, but that's that's not a confirmed date yet. Yeah, no, that's been really quiet on the uh, on Stray. I haven't really heard anything about that either. I'm hoping that we'll get something in the summer I think that'll probably be like a summer game fest thing won't it PlayStation or maybe that might be one of those indie games that sort of comes out later in the year that they announce yeah. in the summer hmm. that's that strange looking cat game isn't it yeah Just looking, yeah. yeah and the yes, internet loves cats I literally went for it because the internet loves cats I can't imagine it getting <laughs> and that's, a bad result yeah I oh, see, see that so Stray is my other counter pick and I then that's almost your, your reasoning Tom is almost exactly why I picked it I feel like everyone's gone nuts for it because they're like oh it's okay it's so fun. I actually thought when I my again personally speaking when I watched the trailer I was like I thought it looked quite simplistic and I wonder if like actually you know, like I said people are just falling into the oh it's a nice little cat I fell like, I fell into that trap Pete <laughs> <laughs> and uh, overrating it but yes we'll see maybe I'll get it wrong and actually I should um my my alliance to dogs is being misplaced. <laughs> mm. There you go. Right. Well, that's a nice way to round it off. I think, unless anybody else has got anything else they want to talk about. Oh, we uh, did have a, we did have a shout. Uh, um, we had nice feedback. Go for it. Did I delete that? I've, just because I wasn't sure if it was a uh, if it, is it this one or, or if that was from yeah. last month. I can't remember. Let me scroll. Or have you got another one? Where's it gone? No, that's the one. Is that the one? Yeah, Go on, then. So, I, I yeah, we so. did. Uh, and if anybody has got any feedback for the shows, then please feel free to um, contact us on Twitter. Um, it's a nice way to point it out now. I'm at Dastardly Jabby. Um, Tom, where are you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at Tom Marrett, M-A-R-E-T-T. And Pete? Uh, I'm at Tatsun, T-A-T underscore S-U-N underscore. So, yeah, if you want to uh, send a message to us directly or even if you wanted to contact the, the main site, uh, which is at 60MW Podcast on Twitter, then, um, yeah, any feedback we get, good, bad, indifferent, <laughs> hopefully it wouldn't be indifferent, <laughs> people tweet us and say, yeah, it was all right, um, then, you know, we will read it out. But, yeah, you, um, Tom, do you want to take this? Yeah, yeah, can do. Yeah, so we got a message after our last uh, recording, last month's recording aired, um, from at Splashwave eighty six on Twitter, uh, who said really enjoyed the last few episodes of this show. I'm not normally bothered about getting every achievement, but it's prompted me to dust off a few games that I was quite close to a hundred percent on Xbox. Mopped up the last few achievements on Lego Avengers and Super Lucky's Tale. Excellent. I think his name's Ash, um, and he's he's followed the show for a long time. So thank you very much. Good that you're listening. Thank you, uh, and keep that up. Um, I think that's it. Unless anybody else, oh, I do. Well, we've said before, haven't we? You know, uh, we try and keep the show to a couple of hours, but we always fail spectacularly. And the fact that that. Um, <laughs> That Wayne didn't even hear. <laughs> I think we've gone even longer than we would normally. So, um, but there you go. Um, I won't rant but, as much about Elden Ring 
because I'll still yeah. be playing it next month. So I'll just copy and paste. You can just edit that section out and copy and paste it into. I don't. I want to even turn up next month. Just copy that and paste that and put it in. It'll be fine. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, has anybody else got anything I want to mention before we go? Call it a night. Nearly midnight. Bloody hell. No. Uh, j- just obviously, we joked a lot about Wayne not being here tonight, but just when Wayne listens to this, get well soon. And we are obviously joking. We all would love Wayne and hope his COVID's not too bad. Yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> He's got five days off. He's skiving the fucker. Sorry, that's what. <laughs> Uh, no, he's yeah, he's. You've you've missed him being next to you on the sofa. Yeah, uh, I, I, well, uh, what I haven't missed is having to rearrange my room for him, you know, <laughs> and move my <laughs> move my microphone, um, and and other bits. Get him a nice. It's the thing, right? He's. I get him a little table so he can put his drink on it and everything, and I rearrange the pillows so he's nice and comfortable, and I haven't had to do any of that, so it's been nice and easy for me. But there you go. <laughs> But no, we have missed you, Wayne. It's it's not the same without you. And uh, hopefully you'll give us some Xbox stuff next time and yeah, keep me on track when I'm talking rubbish about Euros instead of pounds. So <laughs> never mind. Right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Um, so it's been awesome catching up with you guys. Um, I, we don't have the opportunity to play video games with each other um, as much as I'd like. So just the fact that we know that we're going to have a chat every four to six weeks um he's he's wicked so there you go thank you um right uh, i guess we'll see you next month yeah uh, thanks for listening see you guys T- take it easy bye, bye. 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 bye.